Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. y'all, on this episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, the guys give us an overview of their experience at the four best days in gaming. This is one year I am glad I didn't go. Did y'all see Marty in that squirrel suit? And it's time for another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 126, Take It to the Limit. I'm Marty. And I'm Tony. And Tony... I can't remember. Is this the first time we've used the Eagle song? Oh, please. No, I'm sure we've used something like Lying Eyes or Witchy Woman or Hotel California. Don't know why, but knowing me, I probably came up with something. Yeah, yeah. Here, here we go. Making all these assumptions. I'm sure we did. So somebody out there is going to say, nope, this is the first time I've ever used the Eagles. Or it could have been this title because I'm not looking at my nose to say, oh, did I need <laughs> I, Oh, mm, that's okay. Well, it could be because our mind is still in a fog because we just got back from Gen Con and we're trying to get back into the groove of things. And it was an awesome four days of gaming. That's almost the tagline. I think of the tagline, it's the best four days of gaming. And uh, for yes. the first time ever, you and I were together. Uh, yes, at Gen Con 50, number five zero, which still blows my mind. And I am happy to say, me, 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 my voice is come back finally i was oh i was i was dreading this i was dreading it yes so there was uh tony i thought would have lost his voice at uh during one of our events that we went to that we'll be talking about which gives us a chance to talk about what kind of show this is going to be now typically at gen con what we've done in the past we'll take some mics around and talk to publishers and stuff but while that might be interesting exactly because it ends up being just like a bunch of commercials so we thought you know what why don't we just sit in our hotel hotel room at night and just do a daily wrap-up? Now, we did it for multiple reasons. One, we thought that'd be more interesting in publishers. Two, this boring. way... <laughs> this Sorry. way we would I, th- actually, I thought that was going to be boring, too. This way, we would actually remember the stuff that we had done that day and not rely on when we get back home to try to talk about the games that we talked about <laughs> talked about the games we talked about yeah talked about okay so maybe the con fog <laughs> is has not uh succeeded from uh, uh escape it's not gone exactly. yet yeah i am still totally out of it and it just so happened that uh we also had rodney smith of watch it played rooming with us and basically we wouldn't let him go to sleep so uh, he joined in the conversation with us because he wasn't gonna get any sleep otherwise until we got that thing done uh, exactly. Or or we wouldn't let him get on his little tweet account and start tweet, 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 Twitter, Twitter, <laughs> go tweet, 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 tweet. I'm tweeting. I'm liking, I'm liking, I'm liking, I'm retweeting. Yeah, we weren't going to let him do that. Now, did you did you get any con crud? I've been seeing reports out there of some con crud. I'm, I didn't get any. I mean, I was a little congested, but nothing bad. Did you bring back any diseases, any contagious stuff? No, I did not. I did frequently use some hand sanitizer. I don't know if that works or not, but... No, I'm actually feeling okay. Uh, Physically, I'm fine. Mentally, I'm obviously still not all quite there yet, which I hopefully will come back soon. Or it just could be senility starting to set in. So uh, one of the two. One of those. Now, something has gone to the dry cleaners to be cleaned up, ready for next year. Probably the onesies, uh, the squirrel onesie that we'll be talking about later on. 
Yes, he. It's at the dry cleaners. Cause man, speaking of con crud, that thing smelled. Well, there, there, there's a reason for that. Now, I will say this before we get started. Uh, this is kind of interesting. So we we recorded Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and you'll notice as the days go on, our our moods and energy tend to shift because. Wednesday, Thursday, we're pumped. We're excited. By Friday, we're starting to drag a little bit. And then Saturday, we go straight into tired and giddy mode where we laugh at everything. Anyway, just just be forewarned. It was very late on Saturday and we were very tired. So I apologize for how that's going to come out. Well, now I was not there Wednesday, as you will hear. I was I was still having to do some work and I showed up on Thursday. I had an extra day of complete and total excitement. I was ready to go. Now, you may have gotten giddy. You and Mr. Smith may have been like little girls over there when we were recording on Saturday. I think I was a crotchety old man. Man, I was mean. Sorry. I don't know what was wrong with me. I don't know. Somebody peed in my cornflakes. That's all I'm going to say about that because I was, I was, woo, I was not a nice guy. Yeah, you were ill that night. So anyway. I was ill. We're already like six or seven minutes into this. And actually, we need to jump over to it because this will probably be our longest episode of the year. This is going to clock in at over two hours. And... We gave you guys the opportunity to decide whether it's going to be one long show or two shorter shows. So we threw a poll up on BGG and survey says we are doing one long two plus hour show. So that's what we're going to be doing this entire show dedicated to our experiences at Gen Con. For the first day at Gen Con, Even though Tony made it on this trip, as we mentioned before, this was a business trip for Tony, and today was a business day for him, so he's not in the room with me. But in RTDN fashion, when Tony is not here and I need a co-host, I grab Rodney Smith from Watch It Play Dissidium with us. I just fly from Canada straight to be here to be your co-host for one day. Yeah, thank you. Do I have to leave after this? Is this what happens? You send me packing again? (laughs) <laughs> Have you ever been on the show when Tony was here and it was Never. just us three? I don't think so. I think every time he's not here, that's when I show up. Okay. So. <laughs> again, I don't want to break tradition. Well, then. okay. Well, the traditions are important. <laughs> and speaking of tradition, we're here at Gen Con again. Uh, like, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good thing. And, and in fact, uh, we kind of started our Gen Con together. Both of us arrived at the airport around the same did, time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tony had to rent a car to get to his business trip, so he Ubered us in. Thankfully. And, and in tradition, Tony drove you around. <laughs> did. I sat in the back seat again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It is a tradition. We're big on tradition around here. <laughs> but we, it was great. We got there. We, you know, we loaded up. We unloaded. And... I, we immediately jumped into the into the action, right? We were re- like went right to the dealer hall. We, we did, and uh, the dealer hall, but day before Gen Cons, I think is really interesting because there's an electricity in the air. Is mm. all the vi- this is when the vendors have energy, right? Yes. Because Sunday afternoon on teardown, <laughs> they're done. We've been they're here dead. before that, and they're like, no, just get out of <laughs> yes, here. Please, please. Here they're oh, they're all excited yes. and everything like that. Of course, there's fork trucks running around all over the place, and people trying to set up. Ran by portal uh, booth, and Ignacy was freaking out because first martians got lost well yeah when you said there's an energy i was gonna say there's almost like a nervous energy yes. because a lot of the publishers are waiting for their product to arrive fingers crossed will it show up and you're right ignacy didn't have his first martians now they knew it was somewhere 
in Indianapolis, but didn't know where. Right. right? <laughs> and for good news, just as I was getting ready to, you and I were heading out for lunch, uh, Chevy Dodd got the call that, oh, it's here. It's on this loading dock. Come get it. So they went out to get it. So first Martians did show up, yeah. which is which would have really been bad for oh, Ignacy because that's one of the it's one of the biggest games at the con. I think on the BGG hot list, for it's sure. still it's up hot there. there. And certainly for them, it's got to be one of the biggest. And we we certainly fulfilled our responsibilities and busted his chops mm-hmm. while we were there. You know, listen, Ignacy, we're not really publishers, but we would typically recommend <laughs> you put your hottest game out here. We don't see it anywhere. Where is it, Ignacy? And he was just groaning, of course, at and, that. And for all the <laughs> those who are getting that uh, Rodney has done a playthrough video and Thank you. Yes, he's done right. a rules video I and have. done a lot of playthroughs. Yeah, we're currently at the time like we had to stop our playthrough to, to come to Gen Con. So we're me and Pep are still stuck on Mars mm-hmm. trying to get the hub operational and plan things. So yes, if you're if you're interested in seeing how the game is played, we have a video for that. And if you want to see the gameplay, sure, we got a gameplay for that too. And even Ignacy acknowledged this this game takes a little bit there's a learning curve here, yeah, right? Certainly. And yeah. so obviously your video will really help there. So if you get it a Highly recommend. Read the rule book. Go check out Rodney's video. And I think between those two, play that first tutorial mission, and I think you'll be fine. I, I hope so. Hopefully, we got your bases covered, so you can enjoy your your missions to Mars. Yeah, there you definitely. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be his big hit. We kind of walked around, saw some other things. Of course, it was hard to ignore the FFG booth, right? Yeah, it's it's great. You I mean the, the the they have the glass case of of the games that they're announcing? But I think the thing. That really caught us, uh, caught me by surprise, Murray. Tell me if it did you. I did not know Twilight Imperium Four, which was announced, was actually going to be for sale here. No, no right? I, we thought that was just like another glass case. Yes. Tease. No, and there's stacks right. of TI Four waiting to be purchased <laughs> in the morning, and it will be a madhouse at the yeah. booth for yeah. that game. Yeah, they always have a big line, and that's going to be the big line again for yep. that, along with Legends of the, of the Five, Five Rings, Rings and, and yep. everything else. What else did they have on display there? They had some other interesting things. Uh, the Star Wars Rebellion expansion. Right. I think if people can learn how to play, I think they might be interested. <laughs> Is, in that little dig, Marty? Is that a little dig, Marty? Is that a little dig? I don't know, maybe. Uh, I, that's here. Uh, yes. That's one of those. And for sale, too. And for sale, yeah. I think it's like uh, MSRP is like thirty nine ninety five, so it's not a very inexpensive expansion, which is cool for them. I think they're showing off. Uh, I think they had some new. Obviously, they're going to have Armada and X Wing sitting in the case. Can I say something? You know, uh, well, when please. they announced the uh, Settlers of Catan res- or sorry, Catan reskin, which is kind of in the Game of Thrones world, I didn't pay a lot of attention to that. Catan was never that wasn't my gateway game. My gateway game was like. Honestly, it was like <laughs> Arkham Horror but and, and Carcassonne. Some of those games were kind of more my entry. So I don't have the same affinity that some people do for Catan. But I have to say, it looked pretty cool. The plastic pieces, though, they actually have a wall segment. And the, the Night's Watch on the wall is miniatures. I'm kind of curious, like, what are they changing to the core game of Catan to in, implement those pieces? You know, I, I really don't know, and I'm, I'm kind of curious. So that, that was kind of neat to see in the display window as well. You know, I'm kind of curious to see, is it just going to be the base game only, or will it be like with the other Catan expansions where, you know, there's all these expansions that have sure. the base game. Yeah. I wonder if there's this idea, it's like, well, you know, there's like a, a seafarer's expansion yes. in Catan. Yeah. Well, there's some sea traveling happening so, sure. in Game of Thrones. Right. the Greyjoys so. might show up. Who knows, yeah. right? Like, so. so it'd be interesting to see what they do there. And I'm trying to, oh, while we were standing at I the FFG if you were gonna say this. Yeah, booth, yeah. Uh, you know, FFG, is now part of Asmodee. Right. You know, they just announced the the big uh, space themed Terra Mystica mm-hmm. game. Gaia is it Gaia Project? Project? <laughs> we're, both, we're both a little unsure. I think we were just mystified by its actual presence there. It was here. 
it looks like a production copy. Yes. I mean, it's, it, I think it, it was, was it, shrink. It, it was Jeremy from yes. Man versus Me. It was like, right. what is this? <laughs> and his eyes lit up, and then my I feel eyes like lit he up. Sniffed it out. Like he, like I saw his nostrils flare, and he's like, what? There's something nearby, and he reached out <laughs> and he found it behind a box. He's yep. like, what is this? People who listen to the show know that's like my favorite game ever, and a stream, not a streamlined version, but something where they kind of fix some of the issues that they have with the game. Yeah. And so I got really excited too, and it's funny. One of the Asthma Day guys was like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he was like, you guys really weren't supposed to see it. But come to find out, they're going to be demoing it here and showing it right. showing yeah, it It's off. not for sale. It's no, for sale. no, 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 no. But it was, a, I didn't hold the box. You said it was pretty heavy, right? It was, like, it, it's funny. It's, uh, you look at the box and it just looks almost like a standard size box. It's not the typical square. It's a rectangular box, mm, but kind of there's some heft yeah. to this box. Okay. There's a lot in that right. box. Even though it has nothing to do with what we're going to see at the show, it's for sale. I, just thought it was neat to see. I, if people aren't aware, like one of the, I think the big things it introduces is the modular boards. Yeah. So that uh, if you have a smaller play count, mm-hmm. then you can have a smaller map. So you're not spread out as much. You can be in each other's face a little easier. So it'll be interesting to see what that that adds to the terramistica thing in addition to the sci-fi element to it. But you know, even though it was the first day and uh, the hall hasn't opened, uh, we had a couple meetings set up. We did. That's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of nice because uh, we go meet some publishers before the stress of the con starts. They can kind of breathe easy if their booth's set up. They <laughs> right. can kind of enjoy it. So uh, Colby from Plat Hat Games invited us to come in and check out some of the games that uh, actually, all the games that we looked at are not available at the show, but they're kind of announcing them demoing here. Right. And and the first one I think that's been most well known and most talked about is uh, Crystal Clans. Yeah. Which is almost like a Summoner Wars replacement. Yeah, I really going into it, I'd seen some of the pre you know advertising about it, but I hadn't looked at it closely, and so. I was like, how close is this to Summer Wars? But it's got some quite a few differences, really. Although it's still, you've got a board and you've got units that are cards that you're moving around. Probably one of the most interesting things about it, I know that you're pretty excited about, it, is the way that you spend your actions. Like you have this little sort of tracker on the side of the board. If I choose to do something, it's going to cost me a certain number of action points, which I then use this little marker that I move towards you on the scale. And as I push that towards you, that means when you take your turn, you're going to be able to take more actions to push that back towards me. Yes. Right? So the more I do, basically the more I'm charging up the options that you have on your turn to do on your turn, right? Is that essentially? Uh, yeah. And again, listeners of the show know Tony and I were huge fans of the Lord of the Rings CCG, and one of them was that uh, resource mechanic where you can do as much as you want. You, you can just run a lot of resources in and build up a huge force but all those resources that you generated can now be used by your opponent right. to help, you know, counter that. Yes. And and it's uh, as Kobe was telling, it's kind of like a balancing act, right. uh, uh, where it's like you're going to make this huge move, while somebody can make a huge counter move against you. So I think it says like six factions are going to come out in this box, yep. and it's going to come out. He couldn't say when, just sometime, probably next quarter. Right. But hopefully right. it will be this year. One of the games I'm I'm very excited about. But the next game that we saw, I think, really lit up your eyes. It was just announced a few days ago from right. Jerry. Hawthorne. Yeah, stuffed fables, right? And well, a couple of things that are interesting about this. First of all, Jerry Hawthorne, I think the, the last game we saw from him was probably Tail Feathers, I believe. And, you know, he's somebody who really, uh, I think as a designer, really focuses on theme and how to draw that out and usually has his own unique kind of bent on that. And this was interesting because if you've played Near and Far, if you're familiar with that, then you've already seen a game that uses a sort of a book mechanic to play out of. So in Near and Far, you have this, all the boards or the, the maps you play on are in this this book that you flip open and you put your pieces on. Well, this has something like that, but... <laughs> 
this was like 84 pages, or no, it's like in the 90 pages. Mm -hmm. And when you flip it open, one side is the map, the other side is kind of the scenario and the setup and the special rules for that. So you're thinking about this like 90 page thing and every page you flip over is a new map and new sort of setup and it's this continuing story. Yeah, it's not one whole story though. It was it was a bunch of smaller stories right. that kind of made up one they he said there was kind of an overarching theme. Yeah, I think it was interesting. Like, so the idea is there's a young girl, right? Mm -hmm. And so you 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 have to imagine there's a young girl, she's in her bedroom. And she's how old? Like, is it like she's like seven? Ten, something like something seven. Yeah, something. It was, young. the idea was out. she had just, no, I think she just got out of her crib. Oh, you're right. It was her first night in her first bed. Her first real bed. Yeah. So, so there's these, these stuffed animals that, you know, children have their stuffed animals. And there is this sort of, um, the, the thing of nightmares that children are afraid of, right? That's lurking out there. The monsters under the, the, the bed. The monsters under the bed, right? Yeah. And that these are kind of a real thing. And as children have these different milestones, like moving into a new bed, um, you know, that's something that could create a little anxiety for a child, right? So the idea is these little stuffed animals that you play as are trying to help guide this child through some of the concerns and anxieties they might have, right? Mm -hmm. By going into this sort of portal world underneath the bed where the, the darkness lurks or whatever, right? And I think that, that as a theme is interesting and different. And... Maybe you can talk about this, Marty. There was kind of this idea of you play these scenarios, and then there's these talking points. Mm -hmm. what, yeah. what was that about? Yeah. So Jerry said he he li likes to put uh, things in his game almost like an almost like an educational or or some uh, puts you in situations where you need to think about uh, some there's some morality or some moral decisions that you have, and it was definitely written towards a, a kid's aspect. And at the end of each story, he created these talking points. Like if you're playing with your child, it's like you know. Almost, how did this make you feel? Or when you had to make this decision? Or have you ever right. run across a situation where you felt left out? And should you make others feel left out? It was kind of like <laughs> these little teaching moments of the game. And I thought, this is brilliant. I mean, if you have children, I think the ages I look on there is like seven plus. Yeah. So it's not meant to be a, a really high level game. But if you have those uh, ages, you could play through these little stories and then sit down with your child after and like and have some deep discussions yes. uh, yeah. about the things you just talked about. And I, I asked Jerry, I said, this is this is great. But and he said and he said this could be for kids and adults. I said, but and a more an adult themed could be really cool too when you have to make these tough decisions. And I'm trying to think the, uh, for example, do you ever play the uh, video game Dragon Age? No, but I know of it. Okay, yeah, so yeah. there's these. It's almost uh, it's an RPG where you have to make these decisions. I never forget. There's this one decision where you either had to kill a child or kill the mother. And either it was very gray, right? And, and terrible choices, but yeah, you're forced terrible to make choices, one. right? And right. I was sitting there thinking, man, that'd be really interesting, like an adult level decision. Yeah, we yeah. have to make these sort of things. So the idea he he said, yeah, this is going to be a line. This mechanic, this book's going to be right. like a line of games, and this just happens to be the first one coming out. So I think it sounds uh, really cool. I know that uh, what's going to be neat is it's going to be like QSR uh, codes in there where it could like link to one of your videos right, and teach right. them the rules as they're playing. I it. think they want it to be a very approachable game for family. I mean, I don't think this is just 
although we're emphasizing kind of the family and kid style game, I think gamers could enjoy playing this thing as well at the gamer level. But if you are sort of trying to get into this game as maybe one of your first games, they've embedded into the storybook the QR codes you can scan to learn about the little mechanic that they're introducing in that scenario. So you'll kind of have the base rules and then you can kind of learn the additional things as you go. Yeah. So that'll be kind of an interesting thing for me to kind of figure out how I'm going to create the content that will help support that kind of learning experience for someone who's yeah. just breaking open the game. So It's definitely one of those that is not a white noise game. It looks different. I think it feels different. I, and I think it's one of those games that really is going to stand out like near and far somewhat does yes. with, with their map book. I think this is really going to stand out. Well, there's too. a lot of like dungeon crawl style games out there. There's mm-hmm. lots of them to pick from. And I feel like this looks like they tried to take kind of that concept and say, well, what can we do different? What can we offer that isn't already out there? And this feels like something pretty different and pretty interesting. So I'll, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this as it gets, because we don't have a release date on this either. No, I think it's like maybe later this year. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. And uh, Isaac Vega has a new game that he has uh, designed. Oh, that right. They're yeah. kind of talking about this year called, um, he's been working on, don't know what's going to come out. It's called Starship Samurai. Samurai. Yep. Uh, didn't know a lot about it. They showed some of the figures. The models look really cool. Sure. Yeah. But it looks like it's uh, you're controlling a faction of aliens. And he said it's like, kind of like an area control game. But the thing that really stuck out to me is, is your action selection mechanic. He said you have tokens, one, two, three, and four. And they represent, like you could say, uh, things you can do is like get gold, draw cards, uh, move units and stuff. But if you play like the four token on the card, you can draw four cards. You yes. play the three tokens to get three golds. So it's how you allocate those one, two, three, and four tokens on your turn. I thought that's what really sounded cool to me. Yep. What makes it stand out a little, a little and, bit different. And he said there's no dice. It's, it's, mm-hmm. so it's going to probably skew a little more towards the Euro side of things while at the same time being, again, like Plat Hat loves to draw on theme and great artwork and presentation. So I think that's something else we're going to see in this yeah. game. So we didn't really get to see a lot about that, but that that's uh, coming out yeah, later on. Uh, but what we did get to see, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's, it's really nice to see, because I feel like probably a lot of people felt like, well, it's been kind of quiet from Plat Hat for a little while. And I don't think they've been resting on their laurels. They've been busy. Uh, and this is sort of like, we're getting to see this sort of the evidence of that with these this, this sort of uh, Gen Con showing of these different games are going to be coming very soon. Yeah, and we also got to see the two brand new Ashes expansions and left the booth without oh, them because know, he didn't Marty. have the register was, running. We couldn't pick them up. Marty, that was so difficult to leave that booth and not have... We've been waiting for these Ashes expansions for what feels like forever. There's new dice. It's not just new decks, but the new dice types that are in there. These boxes are actually doubling as storage containers as well for your ashes that will hold your dice and your deck that you want to bring to a tournament or whatever. It's really hard to walk away. One thing we did leave with, though, was the game Crossfire. Yes. So our our good pal uh, Emerson Matsuichi, uh, he has a new game uh, called Crossfire. It's a social deduction game. And in typical Emerson fashion, he sort of just distilled it right down to its core elements. This is a game you can play in, well, practically three to five minutes, right? Right. Well, the timer's what? Three minutes the long? Timer's yeah, three minutes long. Timer. And so we, we, this evening after a delicious meal at uh, Fogo to Chow with a bunch of great people. Meat. We, meat. So much meat. Meat. So much meat. That's why I'm so sleepy. That's why I'm <laughs> going to bed early. I got meat sweats We are doing here. pretty good. Let's say let's, it's pre-midnight and we're here recording and we're, we're ready to crash. But before we came up here, we, we said, well, okay, let's play a game. So we, we broke a crossfire, which I had in my pocket. And we just learned it. it took, a, what, a minute and a half to learn the thing. And then we were playing it. And very again, very simple. Everyone gets a card dealt to them to show them their role, but then you immediately pass it to your left. So the catch here is you get a new card passed to you, 
which is going to be you know potentially your actual role, but you know a, a, a role that was passed to your left. So you have a little bit of information. I really like that in social deduction games where it's you don't start, like in Werewolf, you start with almost no knowledge, right? Exactly. It's just like a, the first round is just blind guessing, and someone might get picked on for almost really no reason, right? And so with this, you have a little bit of information, and then it gets mixed up. Yeah, and then uh, there's this mechanic. After you pass to the left, then you, uh, you're going to actually get your cart uh, shuffled with two other cards right. with people that are near you and redistribute those cards. So then you have a little bit more information and then you have three minutes to decide who's who and who you're going to shoot. Now, I think right. the thing is, the main thing is there's a VIP and if you're on the side with the VIP, you're trying to keep him alive. Right. And Otherwise, you're, you're on the other side probably and you're the trying, assassin to, you're trying, trying to, kill to kill the VIP yeah. and there's a guy that's trying to be a decoy. He's like, shoot me, not the VIP. <laughs> right, right. And also, just the innocent, innocent bystanders like, I don't want any part of this. And there's all these little rules to say, you know, if the VIP is killed, that team loses or if the bystander shot, uh, he loses. But so does the person who shot him because they weren't trying to shoot the bystander. Exactly. So uh, in, in typical fashion, it's like could be multiple winners, multiple, multiple losers. losers yeah. so. <laughs> and and really, again, a five-minute game because there's a three-minute timer where everyone can just talk openly and lie as much as they want. And then after that, you just point at your accusers and you resolve. So it's a very, very fast, quick-playing game. Again, pocket game. I had it in my pocket. Right, I just took the cards out of the, the box, threw it in my pocket, and the timer, and I was all set to go. And luckily that you didn't mess up the cards when you took a face plant in the middle of the street. Right? I just talked about I that. I thought that was no, the writer that, was that we funny. were not going to talk so, about this. So Ronnie's like, we're sitting out in a little park beside our hotel. <laughs> our table is just chilling with uh, Jamie and some yeah, of the cabals and Matt and, and Matt, some some replay the, crew yeah, and Ben and everybody. Just a fun little crowd sitting out there. And Ross says, I'm going to run to the bathroom. And I say, okay. And so all of a sudden, like 15 seconds later, we heard a thump. <laughs> and we look and looked and Rodney is like down in the street. I was, was like, deceived. There was like a there was a sidewalk, a little curb, a nice little planted grassy area, another mm -hmm. curb. And I thought, well, I'll just hop through this little grass area. There's a massive depression. It's like a pit. I disappeared up to my waist <laughs> into it. But my momentum was carrying me forward. And I landed into the street on top of my phone. And I'm like, oh, Rodney, you're just embarrassing yourself again in front of everybody. Thankfully, there's no traffic. And I just got up. And my friends are like, are you okay? Are you okay? I cross the street. There's still calls of, are you okay, Rod? Are you okay? Oh, I was okay, but it was embarrassing. My my ego was definitely yeah. bruised. He tried to get up and like, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm, cool. Cool. I'm, cool. Wrong I'm the most uncool person right I'm, now. I'm meant to do that. I'm meant to do that. I'm meant to put my face in the pavement. Oh. That was totally oh. cold. Can you imagine, like, if I if it had been worse, it could have definitely been worse. I could have curbed, it could have been worse. Jamie said, you could have curb stomped yourself. Can you imagine <laughs> if everyone had to stop everything? Okay, I guess we got to take Rodney to the hospital now. Yeah. <laughs> I, like to see, I like to see how that worked because, you oh. know, you, you don't have insurance because you got free health care in Canada. True. So I'm curious how that would yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we didn't have to. <laughs> Before that, though, we had a special event with Simon. Oh, that's uh, right. We got to go uh, over there for a little bit and see some of the games that they had out. Now, you didn't get to go to Simon Expo this year, I didn't. Yeah, uh, I but most out of the games out there were shown at Simon Expo. It was kind of interesting when I walked in there and I saw Richard the uh, the Lionheart, Council of Four, Council of Four. I thought, oh, I've already seen these games, but they were uh, tweaked and. What impressed me so much was when we were there, they asked our opinions of these games. And especially like Richard the Lionheart, uh, Chaz and I played, and we thought there were some really graphical design issues with the mm -hmm. board. It was kind right, of confusing. Right. They actually listened to us, shockingly, and, yeah. and said, 
We took some of your ideas to heart and we changed the graphic design on the board to make it easier to understand. They, they did the same thing with Council of Four. They said that was a very busy board. People didn't like the board was too busy. So we muted some of the colors, made the past more well-defined. I said, I need to share that with the audience because that is really cool that they run the expo, yep. let yep. people play it, listen, delay the game so they can fix it and make it a better game. I that's can, that's customer service. Yeah, and right I can there. only affirm that I even like people might know I did a, a video during the Game of Thrones Kickstarter for their miniatures tabletop miniatures game for the Game of Thrones. And even I having played a little bit with the prototype, I also had a couple of comments about like, well, if this was printed on the card, a person wouldn't have to look this up in the rule book and that might be nice. And so they made that adjustment. Like they said, yeah, that, you're right. Like why make someone have to go to the rule book for that thing? We could just put that on the card and it'll be straightforward, right? So I, I really do think every expo I've gone to, although I missed the last one, I feel like they're list, they're looking, they're, well, they welcome that feedback and the, where they can, they seem to incorporate it. So yeah, it feels good to see that they're listening, right? That's kind of an affirming thing. And you were playing a game that I could tell, you know, I, I wasn't playing. I came in partway through, you were playing with, Z and Eric and, and and a couple other people and I think Jeremy and I can see your face was a glow. What was this? Some kind of panda fighting game from or something, right? Way of the panda. Way of the panda. This is an Eric Lang joint, I believe. Actually, right? it's not. It's not. Oh my gosh, he loves panda. I, I assumed it was Eric. Eric Lang was standing right there, and I said, "How is your name not on this game?" What? He said, "Well, it's from the company I work for." I said, "Yeah, but still, I am shocked. pandas in the he game." He loves pandas. We played our first prototype of the Godfather. It was like. Panda figures we were using yeah. <laughs> instead of mobsters. Tell, so tell me, why, why are you so excited about this one? So uh, you are in control of pandas, and every uh, every player has three different types of pandas. There's like a monk, a fighter, and um, I'm sorry, there, there's one other type of sure. uh, panda that there is. And it's a it's a it's a Euro game where you're trying to move your pandas around a map and trying to build cities. And when you build cities, you get victory points. Person that moves victory points at the end wins. Yeah. But what's so neat is this is kind of a worker placement game and there's an action selection mechanic on the right side of the board. A whole bunch of squares, right? With different, like a series of different actions you can take. Yes. You assign your workers to. Yes. Yeah. And each of those, each row has a certain cost. Like the first row has cost you zero action points. The next one costs you one up to like, I can't remember, four, four or five, five like that, points yeah. per. And so what you do is when you put one of your workers there, you can take the actions, but it costs you that many action points. And there's an action point tracker at the top. Right. Here's the kicker that I love. Tell me. When you place a uh, a worker, you can't place, your next time you place a worker, it can't be in anywhere previous in one of the previous squares. Okay. okay. Uh, so if you pick the third row down, second spot over, in your future turn in the in the rounds, you can't pick any spot before that. So you have to go with something more expensive then. Yes. So you're placing less workers. That's yes. what you're saying, right? Yes. So if I started something cheap, but maybe weaker, I might be able to play more workers during but my turn. But somebody might jump ahead and take a spot that you want, and you can go there, but it's going to cost you an extra uh, worker okay, to go okay. there. Yeah, okay. So then there's this idea that once you run out of action points, it's like, well, there's really nothing else I can do. After everybody has passed, you take all the pandas that you spent on your turn, and that's the eight for each panda that you use, panda worker, you get an action point back for the next round. Okay. So the more pandas you play, the more action points you'll have the next round. But if there's something really something really special you needed to do that cost you a lot of action points, then you got to place very few pandas and you'll have less action points to use in the next right. round. So it's I a very you. balanced. So if you if you act. do some of the weaker things, because they cost less, you'll be able to place more workers. So you'll have more workers to take back, giving you more to do next round. Yep. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. a really cool little yeah. mechanic. And I'm always looking for something. What 
what makes a game stand out, that was it. Yeah. The other it was thing, uh, there's a, a map where you're, again, you're moving people around and uh, they're you're building structures, lots of 3D components, structures. which are cool yeah. looking. And, yeah. and like I said, once you do that, you get victory points. And, and there's rules for that. It's the action selection mechanic that I yeah. thought was really cool. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. They had the final version of Rising Sun sitting there, which looked really good. What else they had there? Oh, they had the uh, Kickstarter that uh, the uh, was a Green Horde uh, for Black Plague. What was the last one? Uh, oh, the Green Black, Horde. Green Horde yeah, with yeah. the catapult. And That's all right. That was the, they, well, and they had three new games that they've. I think they've yes. talked about a little bit before, but now they're starting to promote a little more. And that, let's see, one of them was uh, I know, uh, Kickass. Kickass with the based on the comic book comic by book. Mark, Mark Miller, and they had Hate. Hate. Yeah. Which is uh, by Adrian Smith. I think he's the yes. artist behind it. And that and um, he's the, and is based on a comic book that he does. Yes, exactly. And he it's, they said it's like. He said it kind of has a Necromunda feel to it. I know that. So that perked my ears up because, well, actually, when, when Eric Lang was describing the game to me, I said, well, that kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Necromunda because that was one of my first miniatures games where you had like a small gang of people and just a little bit of, you have a miniatures fight and then they level up and you have another one. And so it has kind of a narrative slant to a miniatures game. And, and so it seemed like there was a little bit of inspiration there potentially. But um, I've never, like, GW is known for having like skulls everywhere. Well, this game hate. There's like skulls on skulls on skulls. <laughs> These miniatures are like very dark and grim. And uh, but again, again, Simon, right? So very detailed, very cool looking miniatures for it. Not a lot of information yet, nope. but something to look forward to. And the other thing they had that was a surprise was the Arcadia Quest. They've got another little expansion to add on. Riders, Arcadia Quest Riders, and it's these miniatures that are like kind of enlarged animals that your Arcadia Quest regular size hero miniatures will then plug into. So they're riding these creatures mm -hmm. around. I, like I really, yeah, I don't really know exactly how they work within the game, but of course, again, cool miniatures and it looks interesting. And if you like Arcadia Quest, well, there's more on the way. Yeah, and of those three, I think they said uh, Hate was the only one that was going to be a Kickstarter. That's right. And, yes. and in fact, yeah. of all those games there, I think Hate was the only Kickstarter there. All those games we mentioned earlier, those other board games, are all direct to market. Yeah, except for Rising Sun that was Th there. That was already yeah, out. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Richard the Lionheart, yeah. uh, Way of the Panda. Direct to... Yeah. Stores, um, yeah, exactly. So all that's so that's they said, hey, you know, we're still going to do Kickstarters every once in a while. We want to get get more to the direct to market. Holy cow! For our first day, we saw a lot. I'm glad we did this so quickly because I would have forgotten half of this. You know what I mean? It's it's so nice to do this while it's fresh in your well, memory. See, but we did pack a lot in, and that's what, exactly why we're doing it because yeah, I didn't want to wait till after Gen Con and Tony and I are sitting <laughs> next week on the, trying to record. What game was it we saw Wednesday? <laughs> yeah. It had a panda in it. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's that sort of deal. So we said, Tony and I said, all right, let's just record daily so yeah. we don't forget this stuff. And, well, tomorrow the hall opens. Yeah. It's going to be a madhouse. Tomorrow night we'll get back together and we'll... And Tony we'll, will have... You'll get to hear Tony talk about his experience at yeah. the convention. You his, know what? And since you're going to be rooming in here with us... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pipe in in the back. You might, you might hear you me might, pipe yeah, in. Yeah, we come in here. <laughs> and we'll talk about some of the, the big hot games uh, from uh, coming up on Thursday. For sure. Yeah. So, hey, I guess it's about time for uh, us to get to bed so we can get an early start in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tomorrow's okay. going to be a big day. Yeah, I can't wait. So <laughs> that's uh, day one at Gen Con Wednesday. We still got four. Well, I guess we're only three days because we're yeah. traveling on Sunday. it's going to go fast. So we won't have a lot Ooh. to say on Sunday, but there'll be a lot to say over the next three days. Yeah. Time for bed, y'all. That's right. Night, everyone.
The Broken Token was extremely busy at Gen Con. Many people were excited about their Gloomhaven insert, the Scythe insert, Terraforming Mars insert. They have one for Spoils of War that just came out. And they had the new Dresden Files cooperative card game insert that you can organize that game with. Look, if you're interested in these inserts, plus many others, go check out their website at thebrokentoken.com. Second night. Here we are. It's Thursday night. First day of Gen Con is over. And... Tony is back. He has made it back, so he's going to be joining us tonight, just like he's supposed to. I'm on the show with Tony? Yes, you're on the show with me. That's the number two. So, I, uh, hey, the world did not collide again. <laughs> not. Here we are. We're seated side by side. Very cozy here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we only have uh, two mics. And, uh, and only two beds. And only two beds <laughs> and only two washcloths, but that's a whole other issue that we need to work through. Hey, hey, that chair's looking pretty darn comfy. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell me this was going to happen. I would have stayed where I was supposed to be. You know. But yeah, my first day, Gen Con, I showed up late in the afternoon, so I cannot wait for y'all to tell me what it was like opening of Gen Con on Thursday, which is normally the slow day. It normally is. However, this year they said every day is a sellout. So it's not like Saturday will have any more people than what today no, is. I, it felt that way too. I, I, I was walking around saying, this feels like a Saturday. This mm-hmm. feels like a Saturday. The number of people running around. And of course, you got the little extra frenzy on the Thursday because doors are open. People are rushing to go get the games that they want to pick up that might be in limited supply. Yeah, and in fact, there's a, there's a few of those places that had them. Obviously, FFG is one of them. F- FFG is always a big booth every year. With TI4 coming out, a lot of people were excited about that. I did actually go through and grab a uh, copy of L5R, and good thing I did, because later on I saw they had sold out of that one. Oh, did and, they? And this afternoon, it looked like that's the only one at that time, I saw they sold out of it and sold out anything else, which I thought was kind of interesting. But smaller publishers, there were two that really stuck out in my mind. I just kind of did a quick between 10 and 11 walk around and see where the lines were. Two lines. One was at Plan B Games, and Tony, mm-hmm. you called this the whole Gollum thing, right? People rushed over there to get that first 50 copies of the Gollum Great Century marketing. Road. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to stand in line and you weren't one of the first 50, are you going to pass up a chance to buy it? I don't know, but I mean, Century is such a good game. You might as well. If you didn't get it first one, go ahead and purchase it. I, I was I was standing by that booth when the doors open, and I got spun around. Like people were rushing, you know, to get into that line. They had little fifty little footprint markers, and as long as you were standing on one of them, then you knew you were going to get one. So you could tell if you were one of the people who would get it. So oh, so I had all you had to do is just kind of nudge somebody off a right. marker and take their spot. <laughs> yes, okay, yes, there's some passive aggressive nudging I could see happening. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then another booth that was absolutely insane was a Renegade Games. Uh, there were two games that people seemed to be going over there for. One, uh, we talked about in our last episode where we got to talk about Clank in Space, which is the big surprise game that was announced on Wednesday before uh, the show started. Uh, people rushed over there to get that one. They have lots of copies, it looks like, but still, there was a... That's probably the longest line I saw for a smaller publisher because it like wrapped around the booth twice and was going down the aisle. But not only at that, but their other game, Ex Libris, Ex right? Libris, yeah, uh, which has been getting a lot of buzz, but they didn't have as many copies of those. So those seem to be the two hot games from there, and uh, those booths are kind of near each other, so it was really packed on that side of the hall. Yeah, I think Ex 
sold out. I don't know if they're doing a certain limited number. There's of an allocation. Okay, an allocation per day. Well, the yes. day's allocation got sold out. You know the, another spot that had a uh, lineup. I went to go uh, meet Isaac Vega to go for lunch, and there was this like I kind of walked through a line to go to him. I said, "Isaac, whose booth is nearby that's got this line?" He's like, "That's ours." It was wrapped around. They, they had Dead of Winter Warring Colonies for sale. They had the Ashes expansions for sale, and plus just their typical product line. So their even their booth, which had things to show that were coming up some of their older games and titles were still selling well enough that they had a lineup around their their booth too and then there's another place that kind of surprised me too i went on the far end of the convention center and there was a long line of people just with their kind of backs up against the wall and i was like i was looking down and i couldn't tell what they were in line for so i kept walking by this line of people and i finally got to the end and I was looking around for a booth. It's like, what are they waiting there for? And I happened to notice a guy that was kind of directing traffic. And I said, just out of curiosity, what's the line for? And he said, oh, Bathroom? this is- Yeah. <laughs> was it? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that would have been a much better story than what I'm telling. Sorry. <laughs> and probably been over sooner. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, Steamforged. Oh. Two new uh, Guild Ball right. factions are coming out. And here I was thinking, in our area, we don't see a lot of people people playing Guild Ball, but obviously there's a lot of interest in that because yep. there was a long line and they were having to direct traffic uh, because their booth was kind of a couple aisles in from the uh, the wall. And so they, they would say, okay, send about five, another five people over to their booth to, to pick up the new product. So a uh, big first day for uh, Steamforge Games, too. I picked up both those teams today myself. Do you play Guild Ball? Well, do I play anything these days? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I do play Guild Ball, not not regularly, but when I can, that's the miniatures game I've been going to. And and the, the new teams they have are plastic, they're pre-assembled, and these kits have everything in them. They have all the tokens for the team. They've got 3D model terrain, like a, a unique piece of terrain with each new team, and the 3D goalposts, which they didn't have before. So I just really like how they're packaging their stuff because it's like kind of one and done. I've now got an entire blacksmith team. And, and that's that's what I'm looking for. So I can just easily, quickly play a new team. Well, now I, of course, got to see work. And that was fine. I didn't mind that. <laughs> but uh, when I finally what got... What were lined the, up for? Uh, we were lined up for the uh, cheap drinks okay. and the snacks, which I actually brought here. Marty's like, what are you eating? We're finished to go eat. And I'm like, I'm hungry. So did anybody get to demo any cool games today? Rodney, you said you did a lot of talking, but you didn't get a chance to really demo or check yeah, out anything? I, I didn't really demo any games, although I was over at the Academy Games booth, and I wanted to check out some of their war games. Because I came into the hobby through a couple of war games. Ambush was one of them, Empires in Arms, and I haven't touched one in a long while. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is that some of their war games have a little lower barrier to entry, and they're doing some unique, interesting things with card play. So I, I was checking that out. I got the nice rundown on those games, and I picked up a couple of them to see if I can dip my toe back into some war games. I think that was probably the, the most of a demo I did today. If you listen to a show called Rolling Dice and Taking Names, we actually review Conflict of Heroes, the Guadahala. Right. Um, Guadahala? Guadamala? Guadalamala? Guadamala? Guacamole. This is fun. <laughs> Guatemala, who? Did you want to go back to your World War II history of Guadalcanal? Yeah, that was it. Guadalcanal. Yeah, Guadalcanal. Yeah, that's that it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Guadalcanal. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> no, I think that is a fun series. Uh, yeah. I had never really uh, tried any of those games where you know all the information's on the little square little chits. chits, little chits and yeah. and things. And they have this supplementary box that allows you to play solo. 
as well. So you can play the game that you've got, which you can play with another person, or just play it with pre-programmed movement type of things for the enemies. So I'm interested in checking both those out. I guess the most interesting demo that I got to play was I happened to be walking by uh, Queen Games, and at that time I was uh, I had ran into Jeremy and uh, David from Man vs. Meeple. And we are just kind of walking around, and we kind of stopped at the new Stefan Fell game that's going to be coming out at Essen called Merlin. There happened to be nobody sitting at the table. We all kind of looked at each other. You guys want to demo this? So, <laughs> so we just sat down, and you know, eventually somebody will walk up and teach us the game. Insta buy for me immediately. I'm I'm a big Stefan Feld fan, and I always like with his games. It's like there's always got to be some mechanic that catches me. Like for example, I love Trajan because I love the Mancala right. uh, 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 action selection mechanic. Here it's like uh, he, there's a round table in the middle of the board, the Knights of the Round Table, and you have basically kind of your knight that can move clockwise around this table, and each spot has an action that you can do. There's some sort of mechanic. When you stop on it, you get to take some sort of action. In typical Feld fashion, it's collecting a, a token or a resource or something that has some benefit later on down the road. And you have three dice that you roll of your color to move your guy, and then there's also a white die that controls Merlin, and everybody has a white die, but Merlin can move clockwise or counterclockwise. Mm. So it's really interesting uh, with the whole Merlin thing. It's like, ooh, I need to use Merlin now while he's he's like right where I need him to get to because somebody could take him and move him later on, and then you couldn't get to a spot that you really wanted. And so then there's there's mechanics of mitigation of dice rolls where you can have the dice flipped uh, directly over or changed to a side that you want. Uh, that's, that was it. I mean, it's very much point salad, but that mechanic caught me right there. I didn't see you guys a lot today, but I got a text from Marty showing a picture of that fell game. And I wrote you back right away. I was like, what? There's a fell game here? Marty, is it for sale? And then there was nothing. There was no reply from you <laughs> for like minutes. And I'm just on my phone like waiting for the answer. Because like, if there's if there's a fell game here, I want to go pick it up. And I'm like, Marty, is it for sale? Is it for sale? Is it for sale? <laughs> nothing from you. And eventually like, no, no, it's not for sale. <laughs> when is it coming out? Do you know when it's coming Essen. out? Essen. Essen release? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Queen has said it will be out at Essen. So if you're interested in a Stefan Fell game, I don't think we've seen one since uh, Oracle of Delphi. Um, and it seemed like it, you were saying before we started recording, Ron, it seemed like there was a Feld every year. It did, uh, it, like multiple times during the year, I almost felt like we were seeing Feld games. I felt like it's been a little while since I've seen another Feld. And this one looked really pretty. I yes. don't know. I didn't see this up close. I just saw the picture, but like the artwork looked beautiful. And this and is colorful. a prototype. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that, that looked really good. And right near there, Tony, when you got there, you and I went over to Osprey Games and checked out a couple of their new games. Yes, we did. We got to see their ones that they're going to have at S. And one of the ones that caught my eye was Samurai Garden. Now, I've yet to be able to play Honshu, which you have and eventually we'll get there. But that's one of those tableau building games, gorgeous games, neat mechanic where if you can complete a certain row, then you flip a card over and you have to flip over the pond or the garden. You have to flip them all over before you can start over to score the points. Really interesting, pretty neat artwork. Then we also got to see Star Cartel. Now, that game manipulation, drafting um, resources to be able to build up those resources over time to be able to score points. That's coming out later. Well, really well, 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 hold on. That was very, very generic for what it is. I it's, know. It's but, a market game. And the resources yeah. are basically uh, like stock or trade. 
And uh, during your turn, you can manipulate the market. You're trying to deliver these resources, and by the resources that you deliver will drive up the cost per uh, the value of the resources. It will drive them down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And basically, you have a spaceship that has a cargo hold, and there's so many units that it can hold. And so you collect these resource cards. It has like it's four of this type of resource or three of this type of resource. When your ship is full, the resources that you had the most of drive the price of that resource up in value. The one that has the least is driven down and you take those cards and turn them back in. But the cards in the middle that were the highest or the lowest you keep, Mm -hmm. those are the ones at the end of the game that you score when you go back and look and say, okay, those resources I got, what's the value of them on the board at that time? So it's very, it felt to me almost like a stockpile type game. And then also every time you turned in your resources, you upgraded your ship. Mm -hmm. And that was the ending game mechanism is when you ran out of the ship deck, we got to be careful when I say that ship deck, ship deck, yeah, Yeah. ship deck. Okay. Pronunciate clearly. Ship. Okay. The filter's there, but anyway, but that was, it didn't work that well though. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to have to fix that in post. Okay. Thank you. Not a problem. So anyway, that was really neat. And then London, but... Yeah. No, that's what I was going to say. Didn't you guys see uh, another prototype for this London game? This is a reprint, right, of, of a game by Martin Wallace? Am I right? So yeah. Look? It looked beautiful, and that's when I glossed over because I was too busy glossing over the artwork. <laughs> but it was just... It would look gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and that was about the time that the Omni Bar called me to confirm our uh, meetup for tomorrow night and, and get some of the details on that. So I had to walk away and didn't get to see the rest of the little presentation. I'm getting nervous about this meetup. I'll tell you, because again, I'm walking down the halls with you. I'm hearing shouts down the hall. Dice in the bowl! Dice in the bowl! Team Tupperware! And I'm thinking, there's going to be a horde of Team Tupperware there. Where's where's our straight gladiators, Tony? I'm nervous. They're going to be out. They're just they're just hiding. They're in wait. They're going to ambush. But we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm nervous about that, too. Not only from the people of not showing up, but potential of a lot showing up. So this will be fun. So tomorrow night's report will either be sad or happy. I don't know. Sad for one of us. <laughs> one of us will be wearing a squirrel. And Anyway, so, so but later, then, later on that night, uh, we checked out, or tonight, we went and checked out an Asthma Day event uh, where they were showing off really only a couple games. It was uh, the Splendor expansions, Cities of Splendor, and uh, number nine, and there was one other game I did not get to check out, but that's all that I saw. Did I miss something? There was the uh, Captain Sonar two-player variant in the corner. Just Sonar. That's Just sonar, right. Yeah. I didn't get to check that one I out. I didn't get to check it. It was always about full. That. Yeah. And then they had the dream, I can't even remember. What, do you know the dream wake or dream walker? Uh, exactly. No, yeah. yeah, but it, I heard people it, talking about it, but I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. But it was really cool that uh, while we were there, uh, we got to see um, Efka from uh, No Pun Included right. and uh, John from uh, John Gets Games and got to play a game with them. So that was cool that them coming across from the uh, UK, not John, uh, um, but Efka, and, and it was. It was neat hanging yeah, out the media, them, events, the media events do get everyone sort of in one space, so it's kind of a fun time to sort of talk amongst colleagues and see what they're enjoying at the show and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the Team good. Covenant guys were there, and I went and told That's them, right. I said, yeah, would you guys please stop making me spend money? <laughs> if you would stop talking about all these new games <laughs> that are coming out, I'd spend a whole lot less money. <laughs> and uh, then tonight, it was our big charity event that we had talked about. It was our... Um, 
What was it called? Summit. Summit, Summit the board game. Summit the board game. Uh, where it's uh, Tony and Rob from Blue Peg, Pink Peg uh, help commentate this event for me and uh, Stephanie Strong, Chris Miller from Secret Cabal, and uh, Christina from Blue Peg, Pink Peg, and Brandon from Brawling Brothers uh, sat down and played a game of uh, Summit for charity. We had uh, quite a few people there, more than I thought that was going to show up. That was great to see a lot of people there coming out and supporting us. And we had uh, Chris uh, Renshaw, who was live streaming which was neat uh, so that people could see what we were doing and people were chatting and um, uh, Tony you and Rob did a really good job of like during this event you would auction off items that we could get and those that uh, auction price would basically go to the charity yeah and over $500 was raised through the auction we had a guy, over $600, $600 was raised that's, yeah. that's right and we even had a gentleman who asked a basketball question and gave a hundred dollar donation to the charity as if you could who how many points did Wilt Chamberlain score and what was the highest, highest number of points, points in Wilt Chamberlain in, scored in a single I'd game say I thought it was more than a hundred I thought it was 100 straight up, but I we yeah. didn't verify. We didn't, it wasn't Any, it was, Anyway, it wasn't. and what also was really cool on the live stream, there was somebody across seas who was serving in the military uh, who was watching, and uh, he said he served for the 101st, and somebody donated $101 to charity oh, wow. because of that. So that was really cool, too. Yeah, you guys were having a, really, like a fun time and a serious time, and meanwhile, me and Jamie were over here at our hotel room, calling you on your phone <laughs> during the live event. Hey, Marty, where are you at? What's going on? We were being like goofy jokers, and you guys are in the middle of trying to do this live streaming game. So eventually we walked over and got to join and be kind of part of the audience and heckle a little bit and uh, bid up some some things as well. So it was, yeah, it was a good event, good event. So that's uh, the first big day of uh, Gen Con now tomorrow. All right, here we go. Let's do some uh, predictions because we can figure them out tomorrow night. We're going, all three of us are going to the FFG in-flight report, which is where they kind of give an update on the company, but usually tease some new games that are going to be coming out. Do any of you guys have any predictions of what they might show off tomorrow or announce? Well, we were on our Secret Cabal episode where we, that we participated in, Marty. I, I made a comment about thinking, well, there's going to be like a, maybe a Civilization 2.0, and there is kind of that already. They, they've already have announced a few things. I'm I'm not sure anymore. Like, is there going to be something else in the Star Wars universe? Maybe I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Well, it, it's it's almost cheating, but we've heard some rumors, right? We've heard oh, some was, that's rumors right, some... on Reddit, right? Now, we, none of these are verified. It's just stuff that we've heard on Reddit of a Star Wars miniatures game, right? A ground based, yeah, not X Wing, but like something ground based, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now again. Totally could be totally false, but these rumors start, got started on Reddit along with uh, what was the other one? Another Star Wars. Oh, so I'd heard also a rumor of remember the Warhammer Quest Tony game that uh, we like that the Sadler brothers did. Yes, yes. Taking that same game mechanic but making it from Star Wars universe. Okay, well that sounds pretty decent. But miniature Star Wars? Don't they not have enough miniature Star Wars games out already? I'm uh, anyway. <laughs> Well, no, no, the answer is no. <laughs> There'll never be too many, I don't think. Uh, yeah, so anyway, but aside from that, from the rumors other people have had, I would think there's going to be a Star Wars something. It prints money at this point. Right, yeah, that's what people like, right? I mean, even X-Wing's still going strong, Armada's still going strong, so it makes sense they do something in that universe still. I think last year during this thing, is that, isn't that when they announced Rune Wars? And then they showed it uh, right after that. You're right. They did. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was the big surprise last yeah, year was you're Rune right. Wars. Usually they announce something and then 
on, on the on the demo tables, it's there, right. right, for you to check out. So, but there was always a tease of that when you'd go by the glass shelves at FFG, and there was always some empty shelves. Are there any empty shelves this year? I don't remember seeing any. I don't. They were remember all filled, seeing, so maybe we're not going to get that glass tease this may, year. May not either. Mm. Well, what I'm talking about, everybody, there's uh, these glass shelves where they show here's some of the upcoming games uh, that are going to be coming out. But in past years, one or two of those shelves may be empty. Like a, hmm, something's going to go here, but I don't remember there being empty shelves this year. Yeah, in past years, it was things like XCOM. You know, they had announced that in the in-flight report, and then that glass area would be filled in with the miniatures and the board and the box and that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. So I'm excited about that, uh, going to do that. We've got, uh, of course, our meetup tomorrow night, and uh, we'll be talking about that. And by this time tomorrow night, we'll know which one of us will be wearing a onesie. Uh, that's true, and I'm fine with it. If it's me, I'm good with that. Because then Saturday, I'm good with we'll, it too. We'll have we'll have a blast. <laughs> Either way, it'll be it'll be a fun time. We'll have a big time at the meetup. But and we've got plenty of other meetings to go to, as well as can I please please play some games tomorrow? That's why I'm here. We, we know uh, we were talking last night. There is a game that Rodney's very interested in playing. That's also a game that you're wanting to play again. And I'm wondering, is there any chance? After our meetup, if we could pull off Lorenzo Magnifico. Do we do we have it here? I'm sure it's at the Hot Games Library. I'm sure yeah, we could likely. get a copy somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I've heard you guys talk about I think you were talking it up to me pretty severely. And I have a copy at home I have still not played. I would love to have a chance to play that. So that's one thing I don't understand here at Gen Con. You can play to get in the Gen Con board gaming. And then I saw, I think, a BGG board gaming room. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. No, BGG sets up a room. Uh, it's here in the Hyatt Regency. And you can go in. There is a ticket, like the generic tickets, I think you can pick up for it. And then you can check out the hot new games and sit in there and play in that room. So... If there's something you're not having, you're not having an easy time getting a demo of in the main hall. This is a place you might be able to get a demo of it here. Okay, because I didn't know how all that worked. I mean, there's so much here. There's so many hotels involved. I mean, it's just a huge time. And matter of fact, believe it or not, I actually was not the Uber, and I got an Uber over here after I turned in the car. And I was like, oh, I was talking to the guy, and he was telling me that because of the crowds this time, they are seeing people in the outskirts. And they, the Uber drivers are having a blast bringing everybody in from the outskirts and the other hotels. So in the future, you know, it's made it easier and you don't have to go through the raffle. And he was like, matter of fact, he had a bunch of cosplayers climb into his car today. So he was like, this is always a fun time for the city as well, even though it has grown so much. Well, that is so neat that the city <laughs> has... A, that is your standard go-to... St- Do you know how many that is so neat <laughs> statements I pull out of our show? I don't because, care. Like anyway. He's talking, and he's like, he's trying to find some that that is just so neat it is it's neat i had fun with it so looking forward to tomorrow hopefully we will not get burned out and just crash and burn at the meetup oh no no i don't think we'll crash and burn because like i said i would love to get in a decent game afterwards i yeah. don't know if you got anything scheduled i know that we don't maybe there's actually a way we can actually get in a game tomorrow night i think it will happen because Saturday night is the secret cabal meetup, and pff, there will no be no, there will be no games <laughs> or anything that night either. So tomorrow night may be our only shot. Oh, one other thing before we go, uh, you and I, I'm I'm pointing like everybody knows who I'm talking to. Yeah, uh, Rodney, you and I went and talked to Games Workshop for just a little bit. Oh, that's right. About oh gosh, some, today's been a blur. You're yeah, right. so we talked to them just for a little bit about uh, what they got uh, uh, going. Shadespire. Go, like, and, 
Yeah, Shade Spire, which is we talked about at Origins, yeah, uh, which we're all still very excited about because uh, who was there? It was you and I and Matt Evans from Board Game Replay right. and Joel and, and jo- Joel Eddie from Drive Through Review. No, I'm talking about here. Oh, today, yeah, yeah. yeah. Joel Eddie from Drive Through Review was not here. No. I hope he does not listen to this because he's really <laughs> going to be heartbroken. Upset he really wants to be here. I feel bad. I was sending him pictures of all the GW stuff, and he was like. I, Emoji crying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Bender was there from uh, the, the Secret Cabal. Yeah, Lords uh, of the Dungeon. Lords of the yeah. Dungeon. And Jamie was there. And um, and uh, Tony. Also, the other Tony. The Secret right. Cabal Tony. We need a, a picture of you two guys. We need the two Tonys in a picture. But anyway. Uh, it was Shadespire and then a little bit of Necromunda. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Necromunda right after you left. We didn't really get any, much, any more information about it. Uh, but... They're pretty tight-lipped right now. Like, there's some rumors that are circulating, which they're not confirming yet. They'll they'll usually release that more information closer to, I think, the release date of the game. But that's that's certainly a game I'm so excited to hear them announcing because that was my first miniatures game. I'm really excited to see what they're doing because they're going to be updating it. Uh, they already have Shadow War Armageddon, which they released, which is sort of based on the original rules. And this is something new, and I'm very excited to see what that's going to be. Exactly. And with Shadespire, I really think their goal is to try to bridge the gap between board gamers and miniatures gamers. They want this to be the easiest entry point they can make for those who are into board games, but miniatures games, like from Games Workshop, intimidates them. They talked about how easy the models are to put together. He yep. said they're pushed to fit. Do not need any glue. There's only like three or four models per side. That's it. And you set up and play the game. And it plays have, in 30 minutes. It does. And, and we played it. And, and again, like it's it might be an entry-level game, but this is, how do I say this? A quote-unquote real game. Like There's real decisions to make. It's interesting decisions. I'm looking forward to seeing that. and what they Because they're going to expand that almost right away with new factions and new things. So, yep, good for them. Yep, exactly. All right. Well, it is almost 1 o'clock here. And I guess we're going to be hitting the sack soon so that uh, we can be try to be fresh for tomorrow. Yeah, it's just neat. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday night and I ain't got nobody. Hmm. Well, look, I got to do something to keep us up at uh, like 1 a.m. in the morning. It's true. It is a little, it's a little late. It's like 1 a.m. Saturday yeah, morning. But you've now. been singing all night, all night long. <laughs> Well, because we had a great day. Okay, and that makes you want to sing. But yeah, Rodney and I start singing last night, and you get all all uppity. And stuff. <laughs> it's true. We were doing d- delightful harmonies. And he's like, can you guys keep it down? What about the neighbors? I think it was just him. He was, was tired of listening to us. Well, I'm getting that way right now. Too, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> well, go ahead, Marty. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> All right. It's uh, Friday here at uh, Gen Con, and we've had another busy day. Got up this morning, and we went to the, the hall to kind of look around, but we didn't spend a lot of time in there because we immediately jumped over to our first event for the day, which was the Fantasy Flight Games in flight report which is where they talk about the games they're going to be coming out with and everything and usually this is a very big deal where a lot of people like to come in there and get excited about what's coming out 700 people crammed into a room to hear about all the goodies that uh, ffg came out with and pretty much we sat there for an hour we sat there for a little over an hour and heard uh 55 minutes of here's what we have and five minutes of the new thing yeah but before that my favorite part was here's a game company who's all about design process how to keep people entertained and they put us in cattle call lines (laughs) where we were stuck up against the wall and they were like okay we're gonna let y'all in here maybe wait for it wait for don't make any room i mean you gotta make room here everybody squeeze tight get tight because we can't be blocking the hallways 
just freaking get the hall open earlier for us and then we can all just meander in at a leisurely place. Not that I'm being a Scrooge or anything tonight, but it is. Ooh, you are grumpy tonight. You would get off my scrooge-y. lawn. <laughs> I think they're just trying to build anticipation so that we are hungry for the information we got in there. But Marty, like you said. Well, then they should have delivered. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of information released early on that I think people were kind of already, of course, expecting a new wave of X-Wing miniatures and things like that. People were looking for that new announcement, which they did have at the end. At the end, which was um, probably everybody's heard by now by the time this come out, which is the new Star Wars miniature game called Star Wars Legion, which looks like about, I don't know, they said it was like a 32, 35 millimeter based uh, system uh, where it's a unit based system, which is very typical in many miniature games. Uh, instead of using rulers, it looks like little measuring sticks. It's funny how it's like, is it ruler-based? Oh, no, no, we're using measuring sticks. <laughs> That's a ruler. They're kind of like the ones that you get in Armada where they have, they're jointed to sort of twist at certain joints along the way. And, I mean, the key thing about this being a Star Wars miniature game is that it's ground-based. Mm-hmm. Unlike X, so they already have a Star Wars miniature game. Uh, X-Wing, this is the, the troops. So you've got Vader, you've got Luke Skywalker and all the, the units. Now, so. Ron, you actually sat there and you watched the demo. I walked by and kind of looked at the mini and saw what they looked like, but I didn't watch the mechanics of the game. Did anything kind of stick out to you? I'm always looking for that. How is this different than 40K or any other miniature-based game right now? Sure. I mean, some of the things would be things you've seen before. Measuring for distance. Keeping all of your models in a unit close together. They had alternating actions, which is... A- I like... I like that too, Marty. I like I'm taking doing one thing, you're doing one thing, and we can react to each other rather than me just doing all of my stuff at once. They had, um, I think maybe the the most interesting thing that I saw was each turn at the beginning, you're going to get to sort of play a card secretly and reveal them together, which will indicate who's going to have initiative and how many units that you have direct command over in terms of which ones are going to activate. I might have like five groups of figures. And three of them, depending on what I play, I might be able to choose on my turn which one I'm going to activate. And the other two, they might activate more randomly. So if I want to have more control, I might go later in the round and that sort of thing. FFG really likes this mechanic of a hidden simultaneous reveal, don't they? They seem to. Uh, it seems like it started with X-Wing. I, I, I reason why I say that, I demoed L5R Like the, the other hidden day. dials, you mean? Yes. That sort of thing, right. There's a, there's a dial in L5R. And the same thing with the, uh, with the, uh, with the card-based system. I don't know, did you... Look at, I mean, you have zero interest in this, Tony. I'm sitting here staring at Tony, and Ronnie and I are talking. Tony's like, whatever. On Star Wars, I mean, it's okay, it's another miniatures game. What's going to sell me on a miniatures game? It's got to be the time. I'm not going to go out there. I mean, we enjoyed War Machine, but what took me away from that? It wasn't the painting, it wasn't the rule set, Mm -hmm. it was the time. It was four hours to play a game unless you got quickly wiped out. Let's see how the dice balance out. Four hours is kind of exaggerating. Oh, it seemed like it. Okay. (laughs) I'll I'll comment on that quickly because the demo, yeah, the demo that I watched um, obviously was just using the starter set figures. And I would say I watched for maybe about a half an hour or so. Wow. And they were. Getting close to doing something, having no, to having actually wiped each other out. So I felt like it was going to run about it definitely an hour or less for a skirmish like that. Well, that's a good question. What's the victory condition? Well, we don't know. We got to see the rule books. I mean, we're talking. This is late. This is what? When did they say this was coming out? Twenty eighteen. I don't remember the release date. I think I'm a little. You know what? I've got confog right now. 
Today was a was a yeah. big day, and I'm a little unsure. Do you know? Uh, according to my notes, it's quarter one of 2018. It will come out, and you know they're not pre-painted, so I enjoyed that. Oh, this will be very easy for me. My primer white will nail the storm stormtroopers. Oh, I got that's that. pretty much it. Probably, I know, yeah. really, and then mm-hmm. maybe oh look, Darth Vader, he's all black, and let's paint the paint the lightsaber a little red. We're good. Now, so. Rodney, before we hit record, you you asked this question. You had this thought. Has I mean we talked about this on our last night's I think show about the leak about yeah. a, a miniatures game. Well, sure enough, it came out, and you were wondering how often does that happen? It's like sometimes, um, even as media creators, we get a little bit of information in advance of games that are going to come out, and you know most of us will keep it under wraps until it's released. But this information about this game, Star Wars Legion, was sort of leaked on Reddit a couple of days earlier, and I just couldn't think of a situation where that's happened. Mm-hmm. Within the board gaming sphere, I think around Games Workshop, it seems like there's sites leaking stuff all the time, but I don't tend to hear it about games that are come out. Restoration Games had a big announcement about their next game. Fireball Island. Fireball Island. We mm-hmm. didn't hear about that until they announced it. So I thought it was strange that this particular game released, it made me think, or leaked, it made me think, how come more haven't leaked? You know, why did this one get out there in the wind? Because I'm sure other ones, this one apparently came from some kind of wholesaler sheet, Right. So how come that information on other games hasn't leaked? You know, I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if just uh, stuff like that has to get uh, out to the channel so early so that wholesalers or distributors can know that it's coming, and then somebody sees it and it slips out or something. I'm not sure. So we're talking first quarter of 2018. It's got to come out now? No, no, well, not, not not come out now, but I bet you... I mean, the, why does the information have to be out there so early? I don't understand the whole process. Maybe we can get somebody... All that can explain it to us, but I, okay, sure. This, do they have to make warehouse space? I don't know. Well, I just, I don't know how early, but I assume that these guys have got to be prepared for what's potentially coming down the pike several months from now. Oh, I'm sure they do, but. Yes. Moving off of this Star Wars Yeah, because we've stuff. been... We got, it was so funny before we started this. Like, we don't need to talk about Star Wars Legion because like, I'm sure everybody's talking about it and we've talked what. Well, I mean, we, we, would do, we would do an injustice if we didn't, but... I'm going to be interested. I'm going to see the rules. I'm going to see how it comes out, what they're going to release, how they're going to build all the um, the units and how you're going to put together your army or however you want to do it. Yeah, that will determine whether or not I'm Here's interested. Here's a question. Is Rune Wars dead? Uh, sure. I don't know. It's, it's dead to me. I'm not playing it. <laughs> <laughs> if Tony's not playing it, it's dead. Um, like I'm, why am I going to play it? I'm not playing it. I think as an IP, Star Wars is definitely stronger. So if you're looking at FFG's catalog going, which game do I want to play? Now, you have the choice. If you're not really into sci-fi for whatever reason, then maybe Roombound's going to appeal more. But man, Star Wars is a monster of an IP. And it's a tray-based game, so I guess there's a little bit of a difference to it. But I tell you, as much as they keep trying to push their um, uh, their own IP, you know, with the uh, uh, Tyranoth, is it? Yeah, Tyranoth. Tyranoth. When you're sitting there also selling along Star Wars, I don't see how your own will ever pick up steam. But I mean, there's there's great games in that Terranoth universe, like Descent. I love it. Like that's a that's... but then Imperial Assault comes out, <laughs> yes, and true. destroys it. Yes. <laughs> and that's the one thing too. They talked about the app. The app they're still waiting on for Imperial Assault. They say they're still working on it. It's not vaporware. It is coming. Be patient. They're saying so. All right. So from the flight report, also one thing that caught my eye, and only because of how much we play it still, and that is. A Game of Thrones Catan. 
No, I was interested. I saw the boards and everything. I was like, what is this? I, had, I hadn't really paid any attention to it. Have you paid attention to it, gentlemen? I have not, because I immediately saw Game of Thrones Catan, and I just immediately thought, okay, Catan with the Game of Thrones theme thrown in. But, but it's not like there's a little bit of a twist in this game. Right. I mean, so the theme behind this is you are a commander of the Night Watch. Yes. Okay, so you've taken on the black. Whatever that means to you, you go forth. I don't care. But you have to reman the wall and you must rebuild the gift. Now, there are two victory conditions here. Number one, you can traditional X, XP, get what, 10 no, points? victory points. Victory points, yeah. all right? I wrote XP, that's fine. Victory points works. Because anyway, or the whole group can lose if the wildlings attack too much and you have a tragic victor. I can't wait to see what these rules are about. I mean, and he kept stressing, you must cooperate. You must cooperate. And I guess that's why, because you can have a tragic victory. So I'm interested. I'm, I can't wait to see the rules on this to see, did they just paste the theme on or how are they going to implement it? And their giants are attacking. The wildlings are attacking. It'll be interesting to see. Now that is a quarter four release. Now, Okay, I'll wait and see. We'll see how that... Maybe that'll be a Christmas game. I don't know. Y'all... Now, now they're looking at me like, we don't care. Yeah, we don't care. Okay. Anyway, we did get to play a game. Yay! We got to play a game at Gen Con. That is awesome. We went to CGE. Paul Grogan invited us to CGE, and we sat down with Mr. Smith and Patrick and From Jeremy. From Blue Peg, Pink Peg. And Jeremy, yes. From Blue Peg, Pink Peg. I was going to sum it all up. Jeremy and Patrick from Blue Peg, Pink Peg. See, oh, yeah. Uh, see how that That's works? good, yeah. And we got it's to much play Vladi What is it? Vladi Shavado? Vladi Shavado? Yeah. That's a question. It's a squirrel. And what? It's a squirrel? That's a question. I enjoyed this game. Did y'all? What do y'all think? <laughs> Wow, it is really late. Okay, like, no, so, to, so designer Vladi Shavado has a game called That's a Question. That's we liked it because there's a squirrel on front. No, I'm asking you, did you like the game? That I, is a question. I, <laughs> a question. Did you like the game? I, I, I did like the game. So the game is, um, you have a... a uh, have you ever noticed how he's always got to explain them? No, no, no. I'm just kind of explaining. There's these. See? There's, hey, these, there's three <laughs> questions you could ask of people. One is like, which would you choose? Uh, which would you miss if it ceased to exist? And uh, what do you consider worse? And from your hand, you have these uh, answers, and you pick somebody that who's going to answer this question, and you try to pick the hardest combination possible uh, because you're going to say, okay, I'm going to say like uh, uh, Tony, which is uh, worse, somebody that cheats on their taxes or somebody that lies on their resume. Then we all secretly decide which it's going to be. And the person who asks the question tries to get as many divisive answers as possible because that's how they score points. But if you guess correctly, you'll get points. And so there's a little point system, but you actually find out a lot about people playing this game. I do enjoy games that sort of ask you to make life uh, decisions. Like, again, like you said, preferences. Why do you like this or like that? Because you do find out about your friends. You know, I think I probably prefer to play this game with friends rather than strangers i think it'd be hard to play with strangers it would be hard it'd be kind of a crapshoot at that point mm -hmm. right so so it was um yeah it was it was a fun game and what i loved was playing with patrick he got every single question wrong yeah. right because the way marty was sort of saying it there when you when, when you've asked the question and the person secretly picks their answer and flips it over they either pick a or b of the two options for every person who's wrong the person who proposed the question gets a point for that so I mean, Patrick was just giving points away willy-nilly. It was, it was really funny. At one point in time, I was asked a question that said, Patrick, don't worry. You've gotten everything wrong. 
So I'm going to, instead of picking the answer I would normally do, I'm going to pick the opposite. So for sure you'll get it. And sure enough, you got it wrong again. So it was just, I don't know. It was just, it was funny, but it was a good time. Now you said we'll play with strangers. Only from the podcast do I know Patrick and Jeremy. That's it. But yet I was able to figure out what they wanted or how they may have answered it. It just seemed like the moral choice was there. So even though, I mean, which would you rather do? Like I think I asked um, Jeremy, you know, which could you live without, comic books or video games? You know, and so you can probably just judge a person from some of the things. I don't have to know them very well. Now, I knew Marty's answers easily. Those were the, the choices were not hard for me, but it was fun. And I like how you can't sit there and pick on someone because there's acorns in front of people. And if, in order to ask someone a question, they have to have an acorn that you take from them. And that way it keeps moving things around. So you're not always on the one person. Mm -hmm. So went in there with no expectations, came out with, hey, this is a fun game with friends to play. I, I, I think everybody should check this one out. What's next? You got the notes. He, he Tony took notes. He's very professional over there. Well, the other one we got, we wrote in on the coattails of Mr. Smith here and went to uh, Asmodee Digital. We got to see certain apps. I don't know. Could we mention that app? I think so. They were they were announced. I mean, we got to see some of the upcoming apps that they have. What interested me the most of that is realizing that Asmodee Digital is doing apps for other companies. Zombicide is falling under their distribution umbrella so the app for that what, what were some of the other apps that we saw i mean terraforming mars terraforming mars that was recently mm -hmm. at scythe as scythe. well yep right well they announced terraforming mars at the dice tower right so dice tower live show yeah but that's only going to be on steam so it's not like you're gonna have to pick up your tablet and be playing that she specifically said that's that's got to be a steam app but i like the new implementation of carcassonne they had that was really neat, really pretty. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward into the digital realm. My, my thing is, uh, and they talked about they're working on it, is they want to create more of a Steam-type environment such that when you're online playing, uh, you can see what your friends are doing. Uh, it's tough right now, like if Rodney, you were playing one game and I was playing something else, there's no infrastructure there for being able to see, oh, Rodney's off playing Scythe and I was going to see if I wanted to play Terraforming Mars. So uh, they're trying to work on the back end stuff where it is the kind of Steam where you can look at your friends, see who's online at the time, see what games they're playing, maybe join a game. Right. I think that would really help the system go a long way. So like you said, Zombie Side, Smash Up, uh, Catan Stories, an all new text adventure game based on the highly acclaimed Catan board game. What would that be about? Just a text. I'm, I'm thinking Zork. Okay. Do you want sheep? Turn left, <laughs> turn right. I don't know. I got nothing there. I mean, you know, Spotted Duel, we've seen, we've heard about that. Um, Japor, Potion Explosion. It'll be interesting to see. I love playing Potion Explosion when they get the fifth element, which when we stop by see Mom Booth, one of their hottest sellers at the con so far. Fifth element at Potion Explosion. Which so, is the expansion, right? Right. And then, you know, size, terraforming, bananagrams. That's, that's, that's got you all over it, doesn't it, Mr. Smith? <laughs> My wife, she loves bananagrams. We've played that a bunch of times. So they're, they're doing a variety of apps. I think what you said, Marty, is one of the things they want to do in the future is tie all these apps together. Into some kind of thing like maybe like Blizzard has, where all their games, you launch it from one place. So as you said, you can see when other people are playing games. Maybe you can jump in or send them a quick message and say, hey, do you want to come on and play an app with me? So... We'll see how this continues to grow, but they're obviously growing beyond just the few apps they had initially. I'm kind of ready to stop talking about the games to move on to our big event of the night for we had our big strike tournament at the Omni Bar. That's right. It was uh, logistically became a lot more challenging. 
challenging than what I thought it was going to be because it was really loud in there. And see, I mean, when we thought five people would show up, we could talk to them around a table. Yes. But when almost 100 people showed up, thank you so much for everyone who attended. That was incredible. Was not expecting. It was neat, wasn't it? It was beyond neat. (laughs) It was the next level of neat. It was awesome. (laughs) Nice. We so yeah we had almost a hundred and as people came in we gave people a raffle ticket and uh, they went to go sign up and when they went to sign up to play in the tournament they said either arena or bowl on which side they wanted to represent and I'll be doggone guys did we not have pretty much fifty fifty well to be honest it was actually more Tupperware than than arena that showed nice. up and I had to balance it out a little bit. So that was okay. I'm stunned because I forever, Tony, hadn't you been saying, Marty, you know nobody's going to be on your side. I'm like, I know. And then all of a sudden, more people came to support the Tupperware than the arena. What I are you shaking it, your head at? I, I agree. No, I'm agreeing with you. I, I really felt that, you know, poor Marty, poor, poor Marty. And as this the days got closer and I heard more dice in a bowl down the hallways, <laughs> I realized, no, no, we're going to be outnumbered. And we were. We were outnumbered. But... I don't know if we want to spoil it now. Maybe there's a few other things you want to say. At one point, there was a little concern. Remember whenever the Secret Cabal would have a meetup in that location, there'd always be some kind of problem. And you guys had a little bit of a possible problem there at one moment. Yeah, all of a sudden, we had the manager come in, and where we were sitting at one of the long tables setting up, and he said, you will have to leave because you need to buy some food or some drinks. Well, it's kind of confused because people were buying drinks, but what was amazing and just so incredible from the people that were there. People just jumped up and said, well, fine, I'm just going to go start ordering appetizers for this table. And this one gentleman who he just kind of showed up, just wanted to hang out, really didn't know a lot about us, said, you guys are doing this, trying to put on something nice. I said, let me take care of it. He pulls out his credit card, goes up there and starts ordering appetizers for all the tables we were at so they wouldn't kick us out. Yeah, and show me that sign that said that. Where was it? That I can kick you out because you didn't order something here? Show me where that goes. I see the bathroom signs, but I didn't see that sign there. <laughs> well, I, I, I know, but I think I know that, that's how I, they make I, their I business. That, I know, but I think the thing is, is that it was really cool that people stepped oh, yeah. up and started putting, and even Rodney, you you know, you pulled out money, said, look, let's just make sure that we don't have to leave this place. So we got all that taken care of, and it was a loud as all get out. And Tony, I'm surprised you're even able to talk right now with as loud as you were yelling, trying to call out the brackets. Because what we did is we, everybody had a raffle ticket, and we also referred to that person on the uh, the brackets by a number. So Tony would call out five numbers and say, go to this station. Another five numbers, go to this station. Uh, but we got through it, man, three rounds. And we were able, and it was we had half of the people playing in the bowls, half of the people playing in the real games of strike, and we had two winners from each game move on to the second round, and then one winner from each to move on to the final, and then we had a big championship game between four people at the end with major stakes on the line. Major, and they were T-bones and filet mignons and all that other stuff. But before we... You are so punny, Chaz. Uh, Thank you. It's like Chaz is sitting right here Uh, in the room with us. But before we get there, first off, thank you to Blue Peg, Pink Peg, Christina, for bringing some incredible dice. They were, with Marty's face, was the dead, 
and then the moon pies were the pips for the for the championship. For the championship. Game. I was shocked it. by this. I did not know about this. Know Rodney awesome. knew about this and said this had been going on for a little while. Is this correct? I did. There's a, a gentleman, Richmond Bramblett, and uh, Christina had been talking about trying to do something a little fun to support this, right? And well, the, that was fun. Yeah. It was very fun. And the idea was to come up with these custom dice. Now, what we hoped to do was to get actually etched Chessick dice to bring to the, uh, to the event. They are being made. They are going to be delivered, but they weren't ready in time. So instead, he created these sticker dice to uh, hopefully throw off the people who were rooting for this whole dice-in-a-bowl nonsense. And it worked. It worked, Marty. <laughs> it worked because in the final four, I thought I was set. Uh, with the, There was two people basically represent the winners from the arena. Two people representing the winners from the Tupper Bowl. The first one to go down was an arena player. And I thought, I got this. But then all of a sudden, in, in one fatal swoop, the uh, arena player played his turn, which was Toby, who is a... Uh, is the husband of Ambi from Board Game Blitz. And then the next dice bowl player rolled horribly and was out. And then the next uh, Tupper Bowl where, uh, player rolled his dice and he was out. And I was just standing there dumbfounded. And it was over. It was just like, it was just over. There was no climactic crescendo. It was like out, out game. And so Tony immediately grabs the squirrel onesie. <laughs> goes over to toby and says all right who's going to wear this and without thinking about it he turns and just hands it to me that's right so you will be well dressed tomorrow on the floor and you should be because that squirrel onesie looks very comfy and warm it's a good winter suit but big shout out to cassidy Amby, for coming to the event for Mr. Smith showing up, Rodney Smith, watch it play. He was there supporting us. And, of course, our good buddies at the Secret Group Hall. I mean, we had Chris. We had Tony. We had the man himself, Jamie, there. Bender was there. And then Matt drug himself in from board game replay. Ah, but, okay, replayer. He showed up. I mean, we had – and then, of course, everybody who listens to RDTN, thank you so much for making this an incredible event that you and I – we're not expecting, but we are so glad we had it. And then we need to thank all the people who gave us games, too, for the awesome raffle that we had at the end, games that we were not expecting. We had a we had a big raffle at the end, but you start naming names, you got to continue because... I know, I agree. Blue Peg, Pink Peg, yep. Christina brought, bought the uh, a copy of Strike they've been talking about on their show. Rodney, you talked about it on your videos. Jamie talked about it on his show, and we couldn't have done it without you guys' support. So, Rodney, I really appreciate it. You're, you're here with us and all those people. And, and then, again, everybody just kind of spread the word, and it really just kind of took off. Right, and no pun included was there, and Dukes of Dice. It was a really was good Duke, time. Yes, Everyone Dukes of Dice, and, and then Draft Mechanic was there. Right. I mean, th you know what were, this means, though, right? What's that? You have to do this again next year. I'm looking at I Tony because that means that Tony needs to come next year. We'll see because you know how the schedule is. We'll see where we go with this. We'll see what happens. And if Honey Bunny will say, yeah, sure. I asked at the end, did people want to do this again? They all said yes. That's fine. Then they can come. You didn't. I didn't. Hadn't, I wasn't part of this. <laughs> Anyway, we'll talk about that later. I love putting him on the edge. But like anyway, I thank you so much to everybody. There's no way we could have done it without the support of those pushing it. No way we could have done it without the support of the publishers who gave us games and gave away. No way we could have done it without those who came up to show and have a great time. I was just 
blown away and amazed by some of the great listeners that we have on this for our show. Yeah, I mean, Stronghold donating Terraforming Mars with the expansion, Restoration Game with Downforce and Indulgence, Passport Games gave us Skyward and, well, Citadels. Citadels of Time, which Citadels. is a hard-to-get game because they're Thank selling you, out of them Scott, every day. You, Scott, you are amazing. Capstone, Lignum, which you've heard us talk about. Which was the game taken from uh, what we did is the winner got to pick any of the games that were available, and that's the one that went first. Simon for Dream On. Dream On. Okay, moving on. Dream On. Dream it till you drink of dreams. Yeah, thank you. Steven uh, Tyler, Steven you thought he was in this room, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought something had died. Edelweiss. Edelweiss. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, last night when we were trying to go to sleep, these morons were over here singing songs. What, was it The Sound of Music? The Sound of Music. Let's go fly a kite. Up, up. To the highest height. <laughs> and, and Edelweiss, we could only do Edelweiss, and that was it. That's all I knew. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the Broken Token and their charity for giving us the Cards Against Humanity organizer, along with um, the Codenames Duet organizer and CGE for donating. Codenames Duet. Codenames Duet. And then, of course, we can't forget Al Osprey and their incredible donation of we had... Don't don't tell me. I don't, won't the, tell the, you. Lost I won't. E the lost expedition. Yeah, was, exactly. Was there. Yeah, yeah. And Zubal, Sharzad, We get that. Shazam, and Zubal. Amazing, amazing. So we had an incredible time. And if I do come back, yeah, we will definitely be doing this. It was neat. It was beyond. It, it, was, it was, was awesome. It was neat. But we didn't stop there because why, why we should have. We. we <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to be so happy. He's going. This made his whole freaking the Gen Con. No, no, no. Oh, I thought we, were we about the finally game. actually at Gen Con, a gaming convention, sat down and played a real game. Tony had been wanting to play Lorenzo Elman. Hold on, sorry. Lorenzo Elman for the longest time. And Rodney, you had never had a chance I'd never to played. play. I, was, I wasn't sure if you guys would be wanting to play an, an old game from a month ago. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but I really wanted to play this game. And you guys were, were jazzed to teach it and, and get a game of it in. So we met up with, with our good pal Keith, Keith Collins. Collins. Mm -hmm. and we went to the BGG Hot Room. Hot game, hot room. It was a little warm. <laughs> it was a little warm. <laughs> it was the hot games room. And uh, you gave a great teach of that, Marty, I have to say. Very clearly done. Well, it's, it's not really a very difficult game. Well, I mean, few, once you get into it. There's a few moving it. parts there. You did a great job. Uh, but I mean, I mean, I lost miserably. So what do you think, though? Forget about those points because that's what, it's a Euro game. It's one of those things you need to play once before you can understand what kind of cards are in the game, et cetera. But what did you think overall? Oh, I really, really enjoyed it. it uh, you guys have talked about it before. The engine building in the game is really interesting. There's a lot of gripping your hair and pulling it out as someone takes the spot you desperately needed and then scrambling to figure out what's the next best thing I can do. And then when you do that, someone else is pulling their hair out. It was just, it was a really, really cool game. I think the interesting thing too is you started us in the advanced game, right? You threw me right into the deep end. Oh, well, yeah, because I knew you could handle it. And you, yeah, and it was. It was just one little thing that was added in, but it just gave all the players a little something extra to work towards. Mm -hmm. And Keith was, uh, Keith Collins was what I thought quite far behind. He was way behind, lagging behind with me. But then by the end, he was catching up. And it just made me show like, 
where my strategy wasn't working, I probably should have pivoted and done something else. And that, again, more, more plays will help reveal that to me, I think, as it goes on. But I really enjoyed the game. And Tony, you'd been Jones and kind of playing a while. Did it still satisfy your Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. And unfortunately, my strategy failed miserably because I couldn't ever get a point to stop you by doing the production that you were doing. But it began to make me question because someone came up and was talking about, oh, I always do the blue strategy and never lose lose that was jason uh, yeah Levine from uh, the dice tower and i'm just like really I, i'm more plays need to be done on that the blue is it that powerful and i did not get my engine well, here we go he's gonna say it's broken no i'm not saying it's broken i'm simply saying that we need to just see if that's really the case now because my engine was the purple cards tonight i had cards that were going to let me score victory points on all the purple but i could never get to the production one which would allow me to score for every purple card you got a victory point i could never get it to fire off because we were rolling crappy I mean, we had maybe one high number, and the rest were onesies and twosies. Well, see, that's where the blue cards come in. The blues cards can get permanent upgrades to uh, dice. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. And then by you becoming the first player, you were always in the blue column. And so then you – I mean, you had some cards that just comboed very well, and it sucked, but that's okay. I didn't lose as bad as I thought I was going to lose, but – yeah, I, I still really enjoy this game. I still do not mind the excommunication track. What do you think of that, Mr. Smith? Uh, well, uh, it's sort of like, again, that some games have, you got to feed your workers, you got to do something. So the excommunication track was something else you've got to be mindful of. And I would forget about it from time to time and realize, oh boy, I'm going to get hurt really bad if I don't get that built up. And I did each time, but it is that little extra bit of tension and stress. Here's the thing I want to do over here to get myself points, but here's this other thing that if I don't take care of it, I'm going to lose not just points, but other abilities to perform well later in the game. So it, it's a nice piece of tension in there. And what I really heard Tony saying in that, that last piece was just, you won, Marty, but not because of your good play. You were just first. The cards were in your favor. I really feel like that's what he was saying. And Tony, I completely, completely agree. Rebuttal? <laughs> I thought it was neat. <laughs> well, you should. You won one of the few times. I mean, come on. Well, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he's speechless. He can't, uh, he can't defend it. There's no okay. defense. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. So Saturday is going to be, I think, the, probably the last day a lot of us are going to be hanging around the hall. I think we're all going to be scrambling, try to see those last-minute things. Uh, Rodney's leaving earlier on Sunday. You don't even get to go to the hall at all. I think, Tony, you and I might could spend maybe one hour just to do one final sweep through the hall so we got a, a busy day coming up tomorrow f capped off by one of the highlights of gen con which is the secret cabal meetup which will make our recording tomorrow night very interesting depending on how much alcohol is consumed by mr smith <laughs> and, and when and if we get back to the room yes <laughs> and but then again it may may not i mean he may not he may be absent from tomorrow's recording we shall see how they, uh, he, he may we're gonna have to help him get back here is the thing we're gonna have to have a lot of people get i'm back kidding and, i'm yeah, kidding i'm making it sound like rodney's a lush and a drunk he's not like that at all it's just it's just on the secret cabal things we tend to stay up late and it goes long so hopefully we can cap off this whole thing with a with a final discussion tomorrow night but gentlemen i guess it is time to hit the sack and uh, we got a big day coming up tomorrow yes we do and it's going to be neat portal games they brought it all to gen con robinson first martian those games are 
back in stock. They're at your local game stores. You can order them online. However you want to get them, go for it. But Ignacy is not resting on his laurels. Heavens no, the man has already got his pre-order for Alien Artifact out there. That's right. You've heard about it. Marty and I could get nowhere near the demo table at Gen Con. People were constantly in our way. We couldn't even push our way and, and use our credibility with Ignacy well, whatever we've got with Ignacy, but we couldn't even get on the demo table. So be sure to check it out at portalgames.pl. It is the final day of Gen Con. Thank us. God. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it went fast. It's uh, over. Well, I mean, there is technically one more day of Gen Con. It is Not for Sunday. me. <laughs> nope. It is, it is the Sunday, but all of us are leaving. Uh, you're, Rodney, you're leaving early in the morning. Yes. Early this morning. That's right. It, oh, my goodness. It's 1 a.m. Why, <laughs> why are we recording? Why can't I sleep? Every night you make me record stuff. I want to go to bed. So, anyway. <laughs> there. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Tony and I are going to probably swing the hall maybe one more time tomorrow before we, we uh, get on the, the plane to head home. But on our final day, gentlemen, let's let's cover some of the stuff that we did. Tony, you and I, first thing this morning, we got the chance to go over and talk to Plan B Games. They were kind of telling us how successful Century Spice Road and the Gollum Edition went. Uh, Gollum Edition was very well received. Yes, and I mean, it covered everything for me going, duh. Yeah, you know, I mean, really, it's. But I will say one thing. Now, I found interesting was on the Gollum release is that it's not something for the European market. I would never have thought that. He says basically it's going to be the U.S. market and the Asia market because they don't particularly care for the Gollum art style. Yeah, they like the dry art this on the century as opposed to the the Gollum colorful. I was, I, I knew that they were going to be changing the art. But I didn't realize they were going to be changing the components too. Crystals instead of the cubes, different containers. It was very, I, I liked it. And one of the neat things about the art he pointed out to us is, like for instance, when you gain, say, two green cubes, if you look at the art, every piece of art on those cards has that action as well versus just the, the thing on the left. I didn't realize that. That was kind of neat. Oh, yeah. It was like, you know, if you like trade two cubes for another cube on the card, it's like one person's handing person two gems and somebody else is giving them the other two gems. So right. it's, it's the, it was the art's really kind of neat. And it was funny. One of the issues people had with the art on the, the regular game because all the lot, a lot of the art was just samey. Yes, and also I think uh, there was some concerns over potential color blindness issues, and these colors are a little more contrasty, so it might help with that too. Yeah. Uh, another thing they told us about is an abstract game that's coming out of Essen that, Tony, you and I got to see a prototype, and while we can't say a lot about it, I must say I'm pretty intrigued about this game. So, yeah, when you make your Essen, I got to see this list, or better yet, when Funnigan gets an Essen order together, you might want to look for a Plan B game in that, because if especially if you enjoy the abstract games now now he did tell us that also dead of winter flick em up has been a huge success now i did not realize this now i'm not a big fan of flick em up do you like flick em up yeah i, I enjoyed flick em up but uh, maybe you're about to say this what i didn't realize is this was a cooperative game that's exactly what i was saying he's reading the mind he's <laughs> reading your mind buddy that's it so anyway, dead of winter flick em up i was like five player co-op and then it's five missions are co-op and then after that it's not so so but you know flick em up is not a good game for me because it requires dexterity and i'm sure for marty that's not a good game either well I, I, that's kind of why i like the co-op part of it because maybe your dexterity is not so great you got other people there to help you out it's not 
you're, you might be dragging the team down a little bit, but you're not getting beat up by the other players who are better than you are. Let's back up just for a second. Oh, yeah? What, what do you mean? Uh, what, are you, what are you questioning my dexterity? Uh, don't we always question you? It wasn't that pointed out in other shows or with other people that your dexterity was a challenge? Or was it speed or was it memory? Somebody, don't it you remember? Both. I don't know. I, yeah. It was the whole Dutch blitz thing, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. I hate you guys. Anyway. <laughs> After that, are you done with plan B? Uh, from plan B, checking my notes here. Da, 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 yeah, da, da. I, must, I must say, uh, Tony was really well organized during this entire convention. Where every place we went to and every person we talked to, he has notes and he has a very well established and written notebook over here with a uh, with a bunch of little things, talking points, and and information about games coming out. Um, meanwhile, I'm just going off the top of my head over here, which is probably not the best way to do it. Um, no, that's it from Plan B. I mean, I did get to go by and I did see Emerson. Congratulated him again, and he is still. Um, He's just flabbergasted the success of Century. He's really excited about it. He's got some other things in the work that we can't talk about. So it'll be interesting to see what he's got coming up. <laughs> so, <laughs> A little editing wait, there. Wait, I'll, I'll edge you if wait, I want to say something. Yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. So, so, <laughs> so, so uh, Tony put the, to put the mic in front of Rodney, and Rodney just kind of shook his head. Well, uh, I just want to make sure in case something brilliant comes out of his mouth, the mic is there to capture yeah. it. So maybe you shouldn't really have to worry about that because uh, not a lot of brilliance come out. Oh, oh, now, easy, easy. Although I have to admit, oh boy, I have had some less than brilliant moments during this trip. We were all supposed to be having a little get-together to go see Games Workshop. And we all got together. We were all at the booth. And we said, well, let's go somewhere a little quieter. We can get away and have a chat. And so we did. Then I got a text a little while <laughs> while later from Marty going, where are you guys at? We totally forgot about Marty. That wasn't the only time that happened either, was it, Marty? So another thing that happened on Saturday was um, Tony and I got to go to the Dice Tower booth. Yes, we sure did. And this was where... Somebody. I had to don the squirrel onesie. onesie. Yeah. He, he was so cute and fluffy. I, I only got to see pictures. I didn't get to see it, well, until the Seer Cabal meet up, but I, we're going to talk about that later. I took the onesie there. I went into uh, a bathroom stall, which was probably a mistake to go to a bathroom stall at, at Gen Con and try to change into a onesie, but there's things I heard and saw and smelled that y'all just probably don't want to know about. So anyway, I got the onesie on, walking out onto the floor. I thought, I mean, I'm going to look like a fool. But then as I look around at other people, wearing uh, all their outfits today because today's a big cosplay day nobody really gave me a second look besides we were walking past and i did not know this occurs at gen con but the nude body painting i had no idea about this did you know about this i did not know about this mr smith did you know about this the the new body painting nude oh no i did not know about this what are you talking about well there was a booth where a gentleman was airbrushing this uh female and she was, I, I don't know. I, didn't, I looked away. And what was so funny was this was all going around next to where the kids play games. It was near the kid. Really? kid. It's true. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, there was a, a female model who was disrobed. 
um, that was being airbrushed. Oh, at the top, at the top. Uh, on the top, that was being airbrushed. And I, have you seen airbrushed body art before? Sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. I, I just don't expect it to see it at Gen Con, especially next to the kids' play oh, area. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like she was done. They were still applying the paint and everything. Okay, well. I mean, she was covered up in certain areas. However, some people were making comments about the just just the environment and the uh, the setting of the convention center and the temperature settings and things like that and <laughs> the she, temperature <laughs> settings uh, uh, it just goes to show you no matter what you're doing at gen con there's always something you're missing i i totally did not see any of this <laughs> so you want to talk about what interesting things we saw today i did not know they did airbrush painting so you didn't have to have a onesie on we could have airbrushed a squirrel on you <laughs> <laughs> well, some for next year. We'll again. <laughs> yeah, um, that that could have happened. Moving so anyway, <laughs> so we went to the Dice Tower booth, and we hung out there for a bit. And thank you to all those people that uh, came by the booth to say hey. And I should have charged like five dollars per picture for every person who wanted to come get a picture with me. Now, granted. For most people who have no clue who I am, which is most of these people, it was no big deal. But for those who did, they got somewhat a kick out of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was in a lot of pictures today that was probably shared all over social media. Right. And my favorite part was they at the Dice Tower booth, they had a way to win $10 off a gift there if you roll certain combinations of die. And most of the time, people were getting uh, badge stickers, and I was giving them Constellation Moon Pies. So that kind of made their day. I mean, those Moon Pies, eh, it wasn't $10 off a Dice Tower trinket, but hey, you know, it was something, it was substance. So we had fun there for about 30 minutes. <laughs> then we said, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get rid of all the moon pies? No, we continued on with the moon pies. We had them at Passport's booth when we went there at 1 o'clock, which was the next event we had. What were you doing in that time from, say, 10 to 1 o'clock? Uh, well, I was packing. I definitely got that done. That was always the fun part of the testing, getting everything into your bags to go home. And also, actually, I had the uh, Jack Fast Memorial Fund meet up with the Secret Cabal, Jamie and I and Jess and Jeff Engelstein and the uh, the donator, Miles. He brought a game to teach us. It's a role-playing game by Level 99 called Power Play Schemes and Skullduggery. I've never played it. I think it's out of print right now, but this was one of his most favorite games. I won't try to go into the details of explaining it here, but I will tell Thank you... goodness. I, <laughs> hey, easy over there. <laughs> uh, but I will say, it was really fun to play a role-playing game again. Like, I just... You know, we talk about it all the time, and Marty's about to start going on it, but I want to play a role-playing game. Go ahead, Marty, say it. I wouldn't know. I haven't played a role-playing game in so long. <laughs> I've been teased about I playing role-playing games, but it's yet to happen. Which reminds me of what we saw. Was it yesterday when we went by um, Cubicle 7? All oh, their scenario book for Lord of the Rings looks amazing. I can't wait to get that home. It hurts now. It hurts now when you say that we might do it and it doesn't happen. It's going to happen anyway. So I'm sorry, Rodney. Go on with your little story. No, that was that was based on my little story. <laughs> wow, you're getting a little testy tonight here. You can tell us the last night of the con. No, we, we had a really good time making up ridiculous stories and everyone adding to each other's stories. And it just, again, it took me back. The last role-playing game I played was when we were all together at BGG Con. It's just like, ah, oh, we need to do this more regularly, whether it's a Skype session or something. It's got to happen. Please. I, I need it to happen because I've, I've been jonesing to play an RPG. So uh, how is RPG over Skype? I mean, y'all used to do it on Alaboom. 
or whatever that was. I, I think it works really well as long as you have a uh, some sort of tool um, that the GM can use for like drawing maps or showing stuff on the screen. It, it works really well, and as long as you can see each other's face. I mean, there are there are tools, online tools, where you can do rolls of dice and stuff. Or you could just, you know, nobody's going to lie. Just roll yourself and, you know, tell what the results are. It can work. Okay. Well, very good. I mean, I have this really neat camera I got set up for Star Wars Destiny when we were playing the tournament that we're not doing anymore. So I may be able to use that. I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I'm not familiar with that game. <laughs> I hear some bitterness, Tony. I hear some bitterness. <laughs> well, it's okay. Moving on. So anyway. One o'clock. Yeah, we got to go to Passport uh, Games where they uh, we talked about our event where we're going to show up. And uh, for the past several days, every person that uh, bought a game got a raffle ticket. And we got there. Uh, we drew a lot of numbers in order to give away some great prizes that uh, Passport had put together. I was still in the onesie. Good. Good. Really? Yeah, it was good. Um, I was getting a little... Actually, it was pretty neat. It was getting a little warm. Uh, I was about ready for this event to be over with. That's where we got rid of the majority of our moon pies. We were chunking a lot of moon pies at this event. A lot of people came by. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you so much to Passport uh, Studios for for having us and and sponsoring this little event. And uh, Tony and I cannot wait to get home and try Citadels of Time. That was a hot, hot game for them. They sold out. Couldn't keep it around. Their second Biggest selling game was uh, Skyward, Skyward. Uh, which Tony and I uh, in- enjoyed. So uh, it's really great to see what Scott Morris has done with Passport since he's come on board, trying to turn that uh, studio around and come out with some really quality games. And he's he's doing pretty good so far. And while we were there, um, one of the things I did get to talk to him about the new game, the Terminator game, uh, 2029, I think, T2029. T2229998. So basically a co-op game. You're trying to get John Connor to Skynet while fending off the hordes of the Terminators to come in and base them. It's based on the dice action that you can see out there and how you play those. Got a high-level overview of it, still in prototype. While it was, you know, sitting there in prototype, you kind of wonder, what's really going on here? I th- being co-op, you know, I'm going to be interested in looking at anything co-op. So, I, and, I, and I love the Terminator series, so I'll, I'll be I'll be watching that one. That was a interesting part from Passport. I was so happy that while we were that he had so many raffle tickets in that box for us to f- go through to try to find winners. That was amazing. So that was sarcasm that you just heard? No, that was not. That was no, great that was for very much sarcasm because what happened was people tend to forget about these little raffle events. So the amount of people that showed up compared to the number of tickets in the box means we were pulling number after number after number after number because they weren't there and you have to be present in order to win. But what was so neat for it is just a great thing that Scott had all those tickets in there. That shows the success that he had because every booth we went to, how's your Gen Con been? Oh, it's been fabulous. We had set all-time sales on Thursday, which goes back to the point that you kept trying to get me to understand is Thursday's as big as Saturday because everything gets sold out in every booth we went to. Things were sell, sold out. I mean, it was uh, great. I mean, that's glad everybody was able to get. I hope they got what they wanted. Fancy Flight constantly had people there. I know Potion Explosion Fifth Element sold out for CMON. That's one of the few games that I really was looking for. Many games sold out. It's funny as, and you probably writing too as you went and talked to publishers. It's just people are like, we're done, we're out. You know, this this hot game's gone. I have to say too, like Saturday typically is the big day. People are off work, so they're at the convention. But 
Maybe I just got acclimated to how busy it was on Thursday and Friday. I don't know. It just kind of felt normal this Saturday. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's also the fact that, again, using the Lucas Oil Stadium, it just spreads everybody out a little bit more. It wasn't wall-to-wall people I didn't feel. There's still a lot of people there, of course. Actually, you went over to the stadium, didn't you, Marty? I did, and I'll come out to that in just a second. Sure. We don't have to talk about it now. We can talk about it later. Yeah, on whatever's on your schedule over there, Mr. Relax. Go ahead, Marty. Tell us what we're talking about yeah, next. Yeah, I'm actually almost lying down on the bed at this point. <laughs> His eyes are almost closed. So we need to hurry this thing. Okay, oh, maybe. rolling dice <laughs> and taking names. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> no, okay. So uh, uh, we uh, Tony and I split up for a little bit and um, was kind of looking around doing our own thing. Tony, did you happen to see anything during that time? Oh, I saw tons of stuff. I went back to the nude body pic. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I snorted. <laughs> You're getting bungee. Um, I went around trying to find some of the smaller type uh, publishers? publishers there. Yeah. Um, went and saw our buddy T.R. Knight. Yeah, he over at Modifius. Over at Modifius. Did, did you see the Fallout? Um, Miniatures game while you were there by any chance? At Modifius? Yeah. I saw another Fallout. I did not. And, and yes, yes, I did. That was the same. I was like, oh, that's Fallout. And I didn't realize. Yeah, that. I was talking to Matt Evans from Board Game Replay, and he said he spent a little bit of time with it. He said it looks pretty like a pretty interesting uh, uh, little system they have going there. So I'm kind of curious because that'll be a, a big. A uh, big IP they have for them. So I'm curious, curious to see how they do in the miniatures realm when mainly they're kind of an RPG. Yeah. Got, and they were doing great on the Star Trek uh, RPG adventure that they had there. They've been selling out through that pretty good. Mm, I saw that you went and got a copy. Uh, yes, I We ain't did. playing it till we play Lord of the Rings. Either way. No, you, it's not either way. Okay. We ain't playing it till we play Lord of the fine. Rings. Fine. Well, that's fine. By the time I get that one, I'll be good enough to play Star Trek because it deserves. The quality. Oh, Lord. All right, so the next thing we did was we went to um, Z-Man and spent some time with them where I got to see, in all of its glory, Gaia Project. I saw it. The like opened up and on the table? Oh, they're demoing it. Oh, all I saw was the box. Oh, no, you missed it. They're demoing it. People were sitting there playing the game. Oh, I should have come back to the hall. It was phenomenal. Um, I I told I just said you know for those who may not have heard Terminus is my favorite game of all time and so this going into space and being streamlined and tweaked a little bit I, I was just so excited so they're telling us about that that's an Essen release uh, we're talking about a lot of the things that maybe we're going to be getting ready to come out of Essen now one that sounded really cool Tony was it Majesty Majesty oh that looks so cute yeah it's this little uh, card game and I can't explain the mechanics of what exactly was going on you were, we were trying to get workers that goes into your village and uh, it was like a, almost a little engine building type game but it seemed uh, kind of he said he expects the person we're talking to expects to be nominated for like for like a spiels next year yeah uh, when it comes out at Essen. So they have high hopes for this game. Yeah, it's in German right now. Can't wait to bring it over. Uh, one that caught my eye while we were there was Bastion, the co-op game. Oh, yeah. Have you seen the did you see the press release for this? No, Rodney? something else that you know about I don't. Go ahead, tell me. Well, I mean, you don't follow the news of what happens in the board game media? I was packing my bags. No, not today. <laughs> I saw this like a month ago. <laughs> no, I didn't see this. It's a, uh, well, here's the thing. It's going to have to be distinguished from castle panic because when you look at the game yes it looks exactly like the castle panic board and the thing is monsters are trying to invade into your area and it's a co-op game so immediately think castle panic but the mechanics that he were taught was talking about 
sound way, way different. It sounds like a cool little game. Yeah, I mean, you have to collect the mana in order to get the spells to destroy. It, a lot of re- there's a lot of resource management. A lot of resource management. He said management. there's a lot more Euro-y than Castle Panic is, and um, I, it, it looked neat. I'm, I'm interested in how that's coming. The art looked really cool, so... Uh, those are three games going to be coming out soon from Z-Man. And they said Bastion about. was like a, ta- a tower defense. The the monsters are moving around the board. trying. To, they're not trying, coming in to, uh, Castle Panic where they come and try to attack the walls. They're moving around the board, and you're trying to beat them before they get to the gate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, so, and so that was kind of a neat way. And then you're having to share the mana that you're creating from things. So that was kind of really neat. We got to see, you know, the redo. It was, it was really neat. It was really kinda, neat. It was kind of really neat okay. over there. It was freaking awesome, biting. <laughs> um, and, of course, I was going gaga over Legacy 2. You know, uh, can't wait for that game to come out. Season 2, Pandemic Season two, here it comes. They had little band-aids there that you could get that had season two on it. That was so cute. And they were playing and they were doing the prologue there, which I'll admit in 2014, no, 2015, when I, I got to demo it, I'm still under an NDA on what I got to demonstrate there at BGG Con. But the prologue, I mean, basically, you can talk about that now where it's the complete opposite of what you do from Pandemic Legacy Season 1, where the world collapsed. Now it's 70 years later. You are on little outposts in the ocean trying to save humanity, and you have to try to supply the world with these cubes. We'll call them that because that's what they are. And that helps. You're trying to build the outpost from there. So you're trying to rebuild the world, not save it trying to rebuild it. So I'm really excited for that. And that's going to be in the October time frame as well if everything goes well. Yeah, now, Rodney, have you heard of Pandemic Legacy? No, I'm too busy packing. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, played the first season, love it. Looking forward to the second season. You guys just have all the inside secrets here. You've been playing the Hush. scenarios? Come on. Hush. Oh, and another one that I thought was really cool because I enjoy this card game. Now, you know No Thanks. I love No Thanks. Love it. They're coming out with a new one called Smile. Great artwork. It's around the No Thanks engine. And they think it's going to be one of those games to help redo the no thing. If you enjoy no thanks, you will enjoy smile. It looked really cute. I like the artwork on that. I think you may have drifted off at that time, oh, just yeah. like you did right now. It was, it was neat. <laughs> Very neat. Very neat. <laughs> so at this point, uh, I told Tony, I got to do some shopping. I got a family at home. I need to go. Uh, buy some t-shirts for the kids, some jewelry for Vanessa and stuff like that. So we kind of split ways at that point. I'm not sure what you guys did. Did y'all do anything exciting? Yeah, I was packing. So you I spent all day packing. A lot of it, pretty, yeah. 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 It's okay. a look, I had, to, I had to fit all the boxes in and my clothes. And yeah, try to get all the under. boxes. It was like, you know, it's just people just walk by and just throw oh, things. Oh, please, it wasn't like that. No. <laughs> it's just, everything's awkwardly shaped. I'm trying to make sure everything's protected to go home, and I got the clothes and everything. It was just, yeah, take some time. So I did go demo. You told me to go get over there to Merlin. Yes. What did you think? We only got to play two rounds. That's all you're supposed to play. That's all I did, too. Uh, okay, and... Uh, It'd be interesting. The Steffenfeld on Kickstarter. Huh? That's what they were saying at the booth today. They are going to put it on Kickstarter um, in the coming month to be fulfilled in November. I Okay. Um, I, I didn't know that. I, did, does Queen Games do a lot of Kickstarters? Um, I think they've done a couple. And I mean, we've, I've seen Feld on Kickstarter before, but I didn't realize this one was going there. 
But then I, you know, I was packing, so I didn't really know. Yeah, you should see this suitcase anyway, people. Um, so, the most immaculately packed suitcase you've ever seen. That's exactly right. But yeah, and what was so funny was I was demoing this game with these people, and I kept looking at them, and I'm thinking, I've seen you guys. Where have I seen you? So last year at Origins, when I was at the portal booth demoing crazy carts, they did the demo with me. I taught them crazy carts. It was the exact same people. It was hilarious. It was so neat to see them. Oh, Lord. But anyway, I see, I also say anyway too much. And I know he, he edits that out. So, but I say, I, I edit so a lot too so, out, out, of, out of here. Uh, yeah. So, so <laughs> <laughs> it was just beyond neat. And anyway, as I was saying, I enjoyed Merlin. I thought that this would be definitely one of those games you know castles of burgundy if you love castles of burgundy then you got to take a look at this why because that's dice just it's it's got the i don't know <laughs> because you got dice because you have the, the placing the field i'm just trying to find the relationship between merlin we kept talking about castles of burgundy. merlin when we had the um the um the same, same designer marty same design. it, it I mean, is it no is. They, they we were talking about probably it was the dice the probably comes in a box marty <laughs> Right? Yes, it does. Probably some tokens. You guys, he's freaking punchy. <laughs> he's really punchy. Getting ready to piss me off. No, because of the um, the the hexagons and placing the castles and building the castles and doing the area control along that lines. That was kind of neat. That we were there just talking about how the castle. Neat. Look at him. He's he is so punchy. I don't know. It's getting contagious. I don't know. All right, we're going to end this right now. Okay, so, Come on. all right, so while you were doing that, I wanted to go down to um, Lucas Oldfield. Because Finally, this is what I wanted to hear about <laughs> 10, 20 minutes ago. You can cut all this crap out. There's nothing there. It was a true dungeon. <laughs> no, it was What'd not What did you see, Marty? What did you see? Tell us about it. Oh, Lord. Can you do one, it in less than 20 minutes? Would you shut up to me? <laughs> so shut I up to me. I didn't, I didn't realize... <laughs> That uh, from the back of the convention center, you can get to Lucas Oilfield. You can go underneath the street. Really? You didn't you know that? that? I, no, I didn't know that. Did you so, not do that early? Oh, Lord. I thought So I thought you'd have to go outside. So we went underneath the street. And you actually went. Where are you going? He just he did put he put he down on the left. mic I, and just okay. walked away. I'm still here, Marty. Continue, please. I'm very on? interested. Oh, jeez. So, uh, <clears throat> yes, True Dungeon is there, but in the middle of the field was a lot of tables set up for um, RPGs and stuff. But right in the middle uh, was like this 50th anniversary uh, setup for Gen Con. And what they did was they kind of reset up the first place that Gen Con was ever held. It was held at the Horticultural Hall in Geneva, Yes, Wisconsin. I couldn't think it was of the Wisconsin. State. Uh, Geneva, Wisconsin. And they actually had a mock-up of what the front of the entrance looked like. And then they had laid out how big the room was. And it was just like a very large conference room. That's all it was. But all around there, they had this historical look at uh, the Gen Con through the years. They had guided tours. They had a guy that would sit there and, and take you through each station and tell you, you know, what Gary Gygax did, the history of miniatures games. And let me tell you, the history they had in those cases was amazing. They had programs from Gen Con 1, 2, 3, 4. They were all typed up and everything. They had early written copies of D&D, Gary Gygax handwritten notes for D&D, some of his character creations, some of the maps that he drew out. 
I, it was it was weird. It was like a, an emotional experience. It's like holy cow! This one guy had an idea to have get some miniature gamers together, who eventually decide I'm going to make an RPG to the event that we have now with seventy thousand people in it. That sounds incredible. I mean, it sounds like the kind of thing you could probably go to and spend a long time there and really enjoy it and not want to leave. I I knew that we had to go to the meetup, and so I was like really going. But I mean, if you if you didn't go to the meetup, like if someone forgot to text you and say, "Hey, it's time to go to the meetup," if someone forgot to do that, you'd be very happy to stay there and really take in all of those wonderful historical sites. You wouldn't be like, "Well, how could that jerk forget me again?" You'd be like, "He's just trying to help me have a better experience, right?" Except that I would assume that this jerk would have contacted me let me know he was on the way to the meetup so i did hurry through mm. and not soak up everything and oh. um okay was sitting there at a, sitting at a table waiting for a call who i just happened to whenever we go to conventions a lot of us use the find friends app so you can kind of see where they <laughs> I are about this <laughs> and so oh, no. i pulled up the find friends and what do i see on the map <laughs> is a little dot with rs initials heading towards the meetup and away from Lucas Oilfield where I was waiting for him to meet me. I'm really sorry about that, Marty. I don't know how I did it twice. I did do it twice. But you got to the meetup before everything started, and you got to spend extra time in that awesome cavalcade of history of Gen Con. I really like that word, cavalcade. <laughs> I'm working here. I'm digging myself a ditch. Yeah. But one more before we go from that. Okay. They had really old... They had the first issue of Diplomacy from 1950-something. Oh, wow. They had a first edition of Little Wars written by H.G. Wells in 1850-something. They had the original... A lot of the original Magic cards. They had unopened packs of original Magic cards behind glass and everything. It was really, really cool to see all this old stuff. So 1967, this got started. That's what I cannot grasp on, that this started in 1967. That just amazes me that that somebody came together back then and did this. And I I don't know. And it was originally, remember, it was originally just a miniature wargaming event. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. I'm All right, sorry, so we no. get to the meetup, which is at the tow yard, and uh, we get to be part of the secret cabal supper, which was phenomenal. I didn't know what to expect. We got like a four course meal, yeah, we- and this was from the backers. So there was backers that had uh, supporting the secret cabal in order to be participate in this dinner, where they get to try out these different types of beer. Yep. With each uh, with each course. course paired by the chef there, they had uh, a gentleman who was an expert in brewing, and of course we also had Stephen Bonacor there as well. An yeah, in his own right, just really educated on beer, and he he gave us like for myself, I'm you know I just like what I like. I'm not very educated. My palate's probably not very sophisticated, but he was breaking down where beer comes from, the different types, the malts, the pilsners, and all the rest of the history of it, the culture behind it. It was really fascinating to listen to. Actually, it really was one of the few times that Boncor was really interesting to listen to. <laughs> That's <laughs> not kidding. True. I'm kidding. That's a joke, Stephen, like he listens to this show. <clears throat> so anyway, that was a, a wonderful time. But as we're eating, we see people just outside. The doors are locked at this point. Right. And we see people just kind of like walking up to the building. And then all of a sudden, we see somebody post a picture that there is a line around the tow yard of people waiting to get into this place. I mean, we were, I was inside. I didn't have a sense of it. I just, I was getting texts from my friends who were coming to the meetup and going like, 
how are we going to get in here? There's like a million people, roughly, is what they said, you know? There was just there was a massive crowd. And then they opened the doors, and uh, we were kind of at the front, kind of helping people where to go. You know, there's food back here, there's bar over <laughs> it here. It was like a wedding reception line. Yeah. <laughs> people and, coming in. And it wouldn't stop. No. it's I can't. I, I should have seen how long it took for everybody to get in. At 30 minutes? I don't think it everyone did get in. Because like, people were lined up still outside and congregating out there in groups, and it was, yeah. So uh, they do a raffle, so everybody gets a raffle ticket. The number of raffle tickets handed out was 719. And there was lots of people who... I, I believe didn't have raffle tickets beyond that because so, so they, many more people came. So they may have been pushing almost eight hundred people. Yeah, I would say between seven hundred twenty and eight hundred yeah. people. That was crazy. It, it's hard to believe the number of people that attend this thing, and it's because those guys are just so well loved. Yes, they are. Now, uh, one thing: uh, the beer. I found out something. Rodney and I like fruity beer. It's true. They had a really a couple of nice fruity beers there, and they end up putting a pitcher on the table, and I might have put a slight dent into it. And that was with the salad. So we learned a thing or two about beers. I did not know. That. I did not know I would actually enjoy a beer because I'm not a beer drinker. It doesn't taste very good. But that was, I like fruity beer. <laughs> I, like fruity beer. I like fruity beer. I like fruity beer. So, fruity OD bars. No. Um, yes. The, the meetup was incredible. The amount of people. Now. There, I don't want to be a downer on this. Here we go. Yes. But, okay. So here's oh. Jamie and Chris and Tony. They're doing this incredible thing for the community. Yes. I want to be active in helping them any way I can. So I took on the responsibility of giving out goodie bags and raffle tickets. Okay. All right. First off, this is a free event for you people. You got food. I mean, there were French fries. The, the food wasn't free. It wasn't? Oh, my bad. It was $20. $20. Okay, I was wrong. I did not know that. Yeah. So thank you for $20. sharing. $20. $20. Yeah. For a buffet. For the buffet. The beer wasn't free either. So it's not I know. I know. I bought, I bought, I bought, I bought Chris. Their own stuff. I bought Chris a beer. Really? That's not, really? Is that the definition of free or not free? <laughs> that you have to buy it? Really? It's not free? Talk about punchy. Jeez. I mean, geez. You think I'd have to define this for myself? No, I got this. I thought they were, it was a free buffet. I didn't know you had to pay for it. So but we've what, established so you it's is not it, a free buffet. It's not. So, uh, this story? But anyway, <laughs> because it wasn't free, I just stole food. I had a meatball. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was but it, so these guys were coming up to me I was giving out the bags I was giving out the bags sure. and so I'm drinking my mouse quickly again this guy comes up to me and he goes I didn't get a dice in my bag I looked at him and said I'm sorry I gotta go can I have another bag I gotta go let's you know keep keep going and then it was it was just a thing where i'm like okay here's some raffle tickets here's some raffle tickets. i had guys chasing me down trying to get raffle tickets and then i had a guy who i saw i gave him a raffle ticket then i saw him go up to bender and get another raffle ticket uh oh exploit i know the game in the game it's yeah game. i gotta say though Everyone there, like everyone I encountered, super nice. Oh, every, every time. Oh, yeah. There's a couple. Of, let me let me tell you a, a jerky story that happened. I saw today. I was walking by the FFG booth. Yeah, and they have the uh, the the line set up so that you can do the you know the wraparound the serpentine lines, and they've got what's the official term for those little turnstile things that you uh, set up the lines? There's a name for those. I call them. Uh, 
Anyway, there's a name for it. So there was a uh, an FFG shirt that was draped over it, and I thought, oh man, somebody left uh, left their FFG shirt. Hopefully, they'll come back and get it. Right as I walked by, this guy and his friends walked by. I saw, hey guys, look, here's a free shirt. You guys want a free shirt? They went no. Said, I'm going to take it. He picked it up, and I just looked at him. I said. You're going to steal a shirt? Oh, good for you. And, and he just kind of looked at me and then kind of looked away and walked on. I went, I, I, it just really irritated me. And instead of like turning it in, and I guess I should have picked it up and turned it in. I guess I was thinking, oh, I'll just leave here somewhere. I'll come back and get it. I wasn't expecting the idiot behind me no, to go, oh, look, it. free shirt, and I'm taking it. Well, good for you speaking up. <sighs> anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry? Are, are you done? I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Meet up. Incredible. Great times. We had some strike going on. I wish when you'd stolen that meatball, I'd spoken up. <laughs> I wish I had known it wasn't free. You're an inspiration, Marty. Next time I'll speak up see? when I see him taking a meatball. Yeah, justice. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I, I just, I was always, I wonder what those taste like. So I had a meatball. I'm hey, bad. Rodney got to experience playing dice in a bold night. He I got to did. step up to I, the big leagues. Oh, don't call it the big leagues. So we had some strike proper strike boxes there and we were playing and you had your dice in a bowl and christine and i were like okay let's go over and try this pathetic bowl dice thing and it was well i won so i kind of liked it a little bit it was neat but it was hard it was hard they're bouncing out a lot easier yep and it's a tapered bowl so all of them <laughs> just kind of slide into the middle yep. it's not the same as an arena with gladiators and there was no sponge in the bottom of them it was dice in a bowl but from now on it is not. It is an arena, and those are gladiators. It is for the next year. It is gladiators in the arena. What's that? Hmm? It's gladiators in the arena. Hmm. So put on your big boy squirrel suit <laughs> and suck it up. <laughs> hey, speaking of the event last night, we had a lot of people tell us that it had such a great time. But get this. I didn't know this. People were turned away at the door. People were telling what? People were telling me they were trying to get in the bar, and they were telling they would not let them in. So we would have had even more last night. I did not know that. I didn't I know it sorry. either. Because they people say, "Oh, we really wanted to come in and help out," but they wouldn't let us come in. They said they were at capacity and they wouldn't let any more come in the door. I thought that was really cool. A lot of people said they really enjoyed the event. So I would I'd love to be able to do it again, and and <laughs> we may have to find some little bit bigger place I can actually handle it. But because I've got to get rid of this gladiators in an arena crap that i've got to save for the following year and we'll see how it goes and it'll probably revisit and we'll get to be gladiators in an arena for another year meet up secret cabal top notch no wonder it grows and grows and grows and i'm sure even if the tow yard had the top, next the second level they could have filled that up oh, easily yeah. There yep. was a second level? If there had been, it could have been filled up. I understand what you're saying, Tony. I got gotcha. you. No, those, look, it was, it's a, it was a wonderful event. They've grown it year after year after year. It's becoming the thing to do at Gen Con. It's nice. It's like a, a way to cap off the show. You know, for me, once that's over, I'm ready to go home. I've had my Gen Con. Do you guys feel like after Gen Con, do you look back and go, did I do enough? Oh, yes. You know what I mean? I sometimes go like, did, did I see enough people? Did I talk to enough publishers? Did I try enough games? And I always feel like, well, maybe I didn't. Could I have done this better? You know what I mean? A little bit of regret that way. Oh, yeah. I, 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 the whole past three or four days is a blur. 
which is one reason why I wanted to do our this episode this way is because I would have got home and forgotten everything. I know, and yeah, I think back on all the stuff we talked about. We did loads, and yet it seems like there's so much going on at Gen Con. You're always, I guess, missing something. You just sort of have to be at peace with it, I think. Just think of all the places that we didn't even see. All these rooms and RPG rooms and all these sessions and events that were going on that we have no clue about. I didn't even walk into any, hardly in the demo halls, you know, where mm. people get yes, could yeah. sit down and play during the day or night or whatever. It's too big. It's a convention that has so much going on that there's something for everybody. And I, I talked to a lot of people that this was their first time. I spoke to so many people and they said, this is my first time over and over and over again. I think, I don't know if it's the fact it was the 50th year, the fact that our hobby is just continuing to grow, but people want to come out to events like this and experience you know, sort of such concentrated gaming and new games to pick up, new demos to do, new friends to make. And uh, it does make Gen Con a pretty special place. It does. And it is really cool that most people here are just a wonderful community that just likes to sit around and talk to each other. And that's what's so great about these meetups. Strangers just getting together and like, hey, what games did you find that you liked you know what games did you buy and you instantly got something to talk about somebody for the next 15 20 minutes but it also reassures my belief that i like smaller cons so much more how small mega moose con joy old old super small super small yeah mace the crowds don't bother me i didn't wasn't felt like i was being smothered by anything i don't think i saw enough this is just your way to try to set up getting out of going to Gen Con next year and giving me an opportunity to defend myself and strike tournament two. That's fine. You, Rodney, can represent. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have mixed emotions about it from the standpoint that I can understand why someone would say, I don't like Gen Con. I don't like, it's too big. I don't get to do what I want. I don't like the fact that if I want to go try to play a game, I don't need to play the hot, hot game or what's coming out. And even if I did get, I mean, our guild asked us to try to get to Ex Libris or whatever it was. And every time I went by there, I could not get in to play. Matter of fact, I went by and wanted to get there first thing in the morning today to get a demo. Oh, we cannot demo it until 1030 after we handle um, Clank in Space. We got to sell all the Clank in Space that people want, and then we will start the demos. And by then, it was time to move on. We had to be somewhere else. So I can see that. I can see where people don't want to come to Gen Con. Even though it's the place to be, it may not be the place to be for everyone. Well, let's wrap this up with... Our famous thing. Keep rolling dice. <laughs> Jesus. What an anticlimactic mm. end to this show. You're welcome. <laughs> it's so funny. We're all sitting there. I know Rodney's thinking, I've got to get it in five hours. Can we just get this thing? Over? I'm trying to get in this thing, and you're going on, and you're what? going on. No, you're sitting there talking about how bad Gen Con is. I ain't coming back in. I understand how people all ain't no Gen Con. We're trying to talk about fun Gen Con was, and you have to put a... a note on the very end of this thing i'm just being honest jeesh just being honest except when he's stealing meatballs <laughs> if i had known i had to pay i would have <laughs> it looked good they were tasty <laughs> and would i steal a meatball if i knew i had to pay 20 dollars for it no i would not have paid 20 dollars for fries and a meatball <laughs> but maybe i would if it can help out the secret cabal Bite me, Smith. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so keep rolling dice and taking names. That was mine. Join us next episode when Ignacio Chevichek of Portal Games tells us all about his brand new game, Alien Artifacts. And don't forget to join our BGG Guild 1589 for our weekly polls. If we were to sum up Gen Con in one word, what would it be? I think it was just pretty darn neat. Very neat. Yeah, it's kind of neat. So, anything from Gen Con pique your interest? If so, be sure to check it out at funagain.com because Nick has it there. He's waiting on you. He wants to take your money for Gen Con, but don't spend it all, people. My gosh, no, because Essen is right around the corner. And Marty and I learned at Gen Con there are a bunch of games that are going to be coming out at Essen that you need to save a little of that hard-earned cash and definitely take advantage of those pre-order system at funagain.com. Funagain.com.